1: My sweet through the air It's the I
0: feel. On All right everybody. hey there and welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop, Studio headquarters in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us right here on Facebook or YouTube if you're watching the stream live. If you're listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Mm -hmm. or wherever else you got this podcast from, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I am Pastor Padron, and I'm here with my co-hosts Pat and Dave. And as you can see, we have two guests with us tonight. We've got Mike La Riviere, La Riviere, La Riviere. From Rocky Patel with us, and we have Kaz Walters from some company that no one's ever heard of, but LD, they will tonight. LDG, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, DC <laughs> Distribution Group, right?
1: I'm just, I'm nobody. Uh, you're, but it's yeah. a pleasure to be Join here. Join the it's club, man. Yeah. I feel yeah. privileged. I'm just lucky <laughs> to be here.
2: <laughs> this is
3: probably the lowest anticipated podcast they've ever
0: done with us on it, <laughs> <laughs> and yet it's going to be it's such gonna an be awesome so show. Awesome. Uh, we are doing, you know, last week we did uh, a kind of a fourth quarter review and talked about things that had come out in the f- uh, fourth quarter of the year. And what we're smoking tonight are two other uh, items that have come out in the fourth quarter. We're going to start with uh, this, the Rocky Patel DBS. Um, we're smoking the 60 tonight. Yeah, Why? Yeah, I love it. Because Pat said, smoke the 60. You won't be disappointed so this is my first time smoking the 60 so i'm uh uh looking forward to it later on in the show we're going to be doing glp's Bankside pipe tobacco kaz um you know la Decent distribution group does uh well we just had a big show with savinelli pipes peterson glp's Great. uh cornell and deal gawith hogarth samuel and gawith now samuel, samuel, samuel yeah. gawith so, All sorts of pipe stuff. Kaz is my guy for that. He's their national account manager. Is that what they call you now?
1: I mean, that's my title, but they call me a lot of things. But that's my title. Okay.
0: (laughs) So we're going to start with this. Mike, do you want to tell us a little bit about what's in the cigar? Or do you need me to do it for you? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh,
3: I think I was hung over and passed out during that sales meeting, but I think I can cover it now. <laughs> well, let's see.
0: Do you no. remember what DBS stands for? Of
3: course I do. Double Broadleaf Selection. Very good. This Ooh. is uh, one of our two brand new releases that actually just just landed uh, about, God, about 10 days ago. Yep. And um, hit the East Coast December 1st. This is the DBS Double Broadleaf Selection. It has... Two broadleaf binders, Pennsylvania and Nicaraguan. Yeah, has some Nicaraguan and Honduran tobacco as filler, and a beautiful, as you can see, San Andreas mm. wrapper from Mexico. And we're really excited about this um, cigar. Awesome.
0: And uh, Pat, can you speak a little bit about the uh, pairing that we're doing with this?
4: I actually know nothing about it. Well, <laughs> way to way to
0: be prepared, Pat. This is it's the uh, latest. Barrel select, single barrel select from Old Forester. Just Which, came into the shop. We over here have him talk.
3: It's your special barrel pick, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be amazing. It's a yeah. I can't every, wait to try it.
0: Several times a year, it seems we're able to, to get a barrel pick from there. And um, in this particular case, you know, you uh, with Old Forester, you. you try a bunch of different uh, samples of barrels that they're willing to sell. And you get to pick the, and then that barrel gets sent to you. Gets bottled, and and all those bottles, uh, comes exclusively to you. So.
3: Well, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to try it. Yeah, go right ahead, and try right it. Now. Tell me,
0: tell me what you think. It's an audio podcast too, so feel free to talk.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh. <laughs> wow. It nice and smooth. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I actually do like hot bourbons, but know how to enjoy some smooth bourbons like this. Wow. yeah, Nice and smooth. Nice little caramel hint to it.
0: Very nice. Nice
3: flavor. It's Actually a... going to pair really well with this. I thought it would.
0: We're yeah. going gonna to oh, have yeah. it as well with the pipe tobacco. It's going to no. go very well with both. Um, Pat, you want to tell us a little bit about what you're picking up off the cigar?
4: Yeah, so I mean, I've smoked all three iterations of the DBS now. And it's kind of funny because everyone knows me not to really be a 60-gauge cigar guy. And you said we have to smoke 60, yeah. so I can't
3: wait to hear this.
4: Yeah, so <laughs> my, my experience with the DBS, and I mean, I, I mentioned it kind of last week, um, I, I didn't really give a review of what I thought about it because it was just fresh off, you know, shipment, and you really, it's not ready to smoke yet. Just like a lot of the cigars are when we get them in, you need to sit right. for a little bit. So I've been smoking the Robusto and Toro, and it's, it's really good. But one of the things about the DBS that uh, out of those sizes, I was kind of, hoping for was kind of that fuller body kind of like spice and that kind of pizzazz to it which for my personal like subjective palette that's what I like but I think a lot of consumers are going to really enjoy it because it's a really rich kind of dark cigar and it's not that powerhouse right like it's kind of like almost like a white label person that can appreciate kind of like those nice kind of like you know smooth and like refined characteristics can smoke the DBS and get that in more of a rich you know Maduro cigar but then i smoked the 60 gauge this morning before the show because we were going to do the toro tonight and it had that fuller body you know that like nicaraguan spice and it just brought like a lot more mm-hmm. life to the blend and you know for me when i smoked the cigar the main difference with the, the 60 than the toro is i'm getting that cedar you know like Rocky's very known for aging his cigars and the quality control like you're getting that aging room cedar note out of it you're getting that nice, really, like, refined kind of, like, red Cajun spice out of it. That nice cocoa-y kind of syrupy sweetness. And it just has, like, a really nice overall creamy texture. So, I mean, for me, like, the 60-gauge, it just it just brought the blend out completely.
3: I love that it's like you know you're smoking something that really, it just it has a whole lot of flavor and rich flavor. But, it, like you say, it's like not punching you in the face. Right. It's just because of the aging and, you know, the things that Rocky does.
0: It, so yeah, tell us a little bit about the things that Rocky does for this oh, cigar. I mean, well, there's was... a trade
3: secrets, Dan.
0: Well, you can <laughs> talk about the age of some of the tobaccos. Well, yeah. Well, air. I mean, this is this is you know kind of like the white label. This is this yeah. is not a, you know, uh, cheap cheap cigar. The, these are all twenty dollar offerings depending right. on the size. So what what makes oh, what goes the, into this? That some of the best that tobaccos price.
3: that we have uh, hands on. You know, the fermentation process, the age in. Um, we aging. Do, aging, uh, you know, you're gonna mess with my Boston accent. New Hampshire's not that much different than Boston, but uh, yeah, I mean, got it, age, yeah.
0: the aging, the <laughs> aging.
3: <laughs> um,
2: oh, I miss my soundboard. You know, I,
3: I think, again, aside from the ingredients, if you will, that go into that, the quality control, like you mentioned, Pat, in our, in our factories, and Rocky's just. He's on top of it. Uh, We've talked recently, you know, Sidebar, about some of the things that Rocky's done. And I mentioned to you the other day, I was down at the office, you know, on unrelated business to anything to do with, you know, checking out cigars, construction, and all that. Yeah. And and I was in the office, and Rocky was having a meeting with a couple of guys down there, and they had a Zoom going on. And Mm -hmm. he just got up and walked to the warehouse and grabbed a box of cigars. Came back into the, we call it the war room, and he started, like, taking the cigar and ripping it apart. I'm like, you know, again, you guys know, I'm you know, i yeah. fairly new to this industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a cop for all those years. Like, this is all new stuff for me, and I'm yeah. taking it all in and he's, like, ripping the cigar apart. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, I want to smoke that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, unbeknownst to me, what he's doing is he's just, you know, while he's doing his work and his mind's focused on this and that, he's also ripping that apart and making sure the fillers are right making sure it's bunched the right way making sure the construction's quality and i I think that to me that just speaks to all the things that i've heard all the conversations i've heard we've been together with him calling the factory and talking about the cigars and i mean quality control is huge and you know when you have 100 percent of your cigars that get draw tested you know everything can be great you can have all the best ingredients and it's a great blend but if you're smoking, it's tunneling, or it's just not smoking right, and it's falling apart, and it doesn't look nice. It's just got big veins, and the color's off. It's not part of the experience that we love. When sure. We, you know, we're passionate about this you know, industry and the cigars and what it brings for each individual that smokes them and in the mm-hmm. setting that they're in. You know, I I think that that's something that doesn't happen by accident. You, we have 100% of our cigars, like I say, get draw tested. Every pair has a draw test machine. Quick mm-hmm. process goes up a too tight, too loose, Boom! It goes. You know, it doesn't go into the box. Okay. So I think, again. Aside, but that's every cigar. Yeah. What
0: what what puts this at the top of Rocky's brands? Well, I think because that, it, it's it it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's meant to be there. This is meant to be like, well, along with the white label. This is kind of like the the
4: oh, it's darker, fuller-bodied
0: uh, yeah. version of a white label quality. I can snipe cigar.
4: this question too if you want. Oh,
3: I, I well, you go sure, go ahead. I mean, I have my
4: yeah idea is what it is but let's because i you've talked to
3: rocky a lot about this i'm just going
4: off of my conversations with rocky so one of the really i think when we had steve saka on i want to say it was probably like two and a half months ago we talked about this briefly i believe but um you know like again like double broadleaf san andreas it has you know connecticut broadleaf in here and that is such a difficult rapper to get right now it's a really Mm -hmm. high quality rapper because of the the blunt industry like, they're buying Connecticut Broadleaf, and it's really thick, it's oily, and they're using it for blunt wraps. So that's, like, a lot of these farmers are selling to these people because they're bulk buying. It's these big companies, and they, they have the volume to be able to purchase, like, these lots of different farmers' tobacco. So, and they're not really giving it to the artisan, you know, like, cigar right. makers. So... In itself, getting a good quality Broadleaf wrapper is very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mike can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't know if Rocky has a Connecticut Broadleaf cigar. I think this is the first. Well, this
0: is Pennsylvania Broadleaf. It's Pennsylvania, it's Pennsylvania,
3: Pennsylvania it. oh, yeah, Broadleaf and Pennsylvania. Nicaraguan Broadleaf. So, yeah, so and I know really the conversation, good. we were talking about a whole lot when we were all together the other day. And Connecticut came up in a different part of the conversation, which... Kind of yeah, gelled so, into ours. but me. to be clear on this cigar, this has uh, a Pennsylvania broadleaf and a Nicaraguan broadleaf uh, binder. Which uh, broadleaf? I think the conversation was really around how hard broadleaf is to get. Yeah. Uh, as you were saying, yeah. so yeah. I mean, I know sangro Maduro, which I love. It's, it's yeah. one of my top cigars. I love to smoke. It's one, that one of we my make. favorites. Of yours too. Um, we we stopped producing that for a very good amount of time. It was like months before we actually, you know, we were sold up before we could get the broadleaf to. You know, yeah, be ready because the marijuana industry is just buying it all up and they're using it to make their blunts and all the foil packs you buy, the wrappers, and all that kind of stuff. So, I know Rocky's really happy and, and you know, proud to have the opportunity to put Broadleaf in two different versions into the cigar and with the blend and, and give us something that you really can appreciate to be different. I, to me, this is this cigar smokes very different um, than. The majority of the cigars that I smoke that we make, it's just got how, a whole different. So? The flavor profile is just the complexity in it. Um, like you mentioned that, like you mentioned, like a Cajun spice, right? Which I was trying to figure out where I was getting like the the, the peppery spice. Mm. Right, it's got it. It is. That's a really good like example of the flavor profile I'm getting, which is way different. I mean, I, we have spicy, we have white pepper, we have earthy, creamy, buttery. Yeah. With our you know vintage '99, but this has this like. Just different taste to it that just sets it out from something else.
1: If I may, so I'm originally from the deep south, if anybody can't tell from the accent. But New Orleans is known for Nollens. Nobody pronounces that way.
3: Which New Orleans is close to my heart. I've been down there. My dad was stationed down there. I spent a ton of time down there, still go down. New Orleans food. New Orleans. But
1: but they uh (laughs) <laughs> are known for anybody who's who's been down there and has gone to like cafe du monde or anything like that like their coffee has a unique flavor and it's because it's it's a dark french roast but they cut the beans with chicory root which is it's bitter but it's spicy yeah. and that's i was getting some of that and when you mentioned cajun spice i wasn't thinking so much what you would have in like jambalaya yeah or, or i don't a, think i've heard that before, but like that like I, I see that like that chicory like spicy dark earthiness that that comes from it and that's I, I get a lot of those notes and i get little hints without it being like part of the profile but things that are reminiscent that i, I associate with like a dark like yeah. coffee and then like a woodiness and with your cajun spice comment that all come together and it's like oh yeah that's chicory Right. At, I mean, that's kind of an obscure reference. Like, it's a, it. a narrow I part of the it. country. But yeah, I mean, this and construction. You were talking about draw testing. Yeah. Like, oh, this yeah. has one of the yeah. smoothest draws. Like, it's every yeah, every the, cigar. The burn it makes on this is incredible. Like I'm looking mm-hmm.
0: at everybody's cigar. They're all burning mm-hmm. fantastic. I just
3: really appreciate again. and I'm probably repeating myself, but to have that full body, like those full rich flavors, but not be overpowering. I, I again, and I'm not an expert. Like Rocky's at the farms and. He's doing a blend and all that stuff, but yeah. it, I don't think that happens by accident either. Mm-hmm. You know, because no, that no, Lajero, you know, if you put too much and if it's not fermented the right way and all the things that go in between that, it gets harsh, it's strong. Maybe you feel a little bit green, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't get it's, that with it's this. It's very
4: and, assertive and not aggressive.
3: Right. Like That's balanced. a good way to think. Oh,
4: very good. So
3: pet. let me ask you guys. So we're live, right? Yes, we so are. Are you able to have, do Do you have uh, folks out there that are joining in that can text and Yep. Make comments on them. So I'm just curious because we're talking about New Orleans, which, New Orleans. again, you're making me want to go down there right now and go get some, <clears throat> some good food and listen to some great music. If anybody's on the uh, podcast right now from Louisiana, or if you listen to this later on, in Louisiana, I'm going to describe what I just said in Louisiana terms. One word. This cigar is going to give you a little lagniappe. There you go. That's all you need to know.
0: <laughs> No, what does that mean for those a little ones? something a extra. little something extra.
3: extra a little line yeah you got a little something extra in there that you just knows there you haven't you haven't noticed it before in smoking cigars and it's in this one right here yeah
4: and then one thing i'll add too, to like you know like the it being one of rocky's top lines and then people look at the price point of it so like one of the things when it comes to broadleaf tobacco that again like a lot of people don't know is like how like labor-inducive it actually is to produce so i mean like even San Andreas is, is mm. primed the same way, so it's all stock-cut tobacco. So you have the workers going, and they take a little hatchet, and they chop the tobacco plant down with the stock. They don't do the typical priming, you know, like five phases. They prime the lower leaves off, wait a couple of days, prime the next layer. They, they stock-cut it. Then they take that whole stock's tobacco, they put it on laths, and then that's when they start loading it up into the air-carrying barns so like that extra layer of having those stalks on there and then after it's done fermenting now you start doing the priming so it adds that extra step of taking the hatchet and actually stock cutting it and then having that stock on the tobacco when it's fermenting gives it like those extra nutrients and that kind of thick um they call it what is it grossa. it's like that really like, yeah it's like that wetness to it like that mm-hmm. stickiness to it when it's done like that's when you know it's done air curing so the fact that this cigar has three different draw leaves in it it's for one it's an expensive tobacco whether it's from san andreas yeah. or pennsylvania or nicaragua but it's very very labor intensive and it's also a really in my opinion a tough tobacco to blend because it's again it's very dense so i mean when it comes to having like burning qualities like this you really have to be specific where you're putting the lajeros in there yeah. You know, like what binder, what priming of the binder you're using and just so it can bust properly. So it's really impressive that he has all those really kind of potent tobaccos in here and it burns phenomenally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so what I'm getting from everybody
0: is that they really, you're thinking this is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everybody's really happy with this. Oh, store, yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, now the next question would be, what do you think about the pairing with the uh, Old Forester?
1: I think it's great. I'm, I'm getting these like, Woody, semi-sweet notes from the cigar, and you mentioned picking caramel notes up from the old forester, yeah. and I get that too. But when I when I take a puff and then take a sip and then take another puff, like those caramel notes to me turn almost molassesy. I love mm-hmm. it. Like they, yep. they get a little bit yeah. darker and a little bit richer, and it's almost
3: like... sticky in a way. The taste, <laughs> yeah, but like... in, in a good way. In yeah. a good way, yeah. And it,
1: it lingers on the palate. And I also think that it's amazing that this is so. Full and rich in flavor and it's got a good creamy smoke and a good mm. body but it's not overbearing it's not too much like this is one of those cigars like flavor wise i would expect to like one and done now i need to go eat dinner or something right. like it, it's mm-hmm. but it's not impacting me that way like it's a it, it's a perfect balance between mm-hmm. something you can enjoy a- without
0: yeah, it's yeah. a great example of of a cigar being full bodied but not full strength.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm, right. Yep, definitely you know, a
0: full bodied it, cigar. It's it, there's lots of the flavor is very rich. Yeah, but it's it's not a cigar that's so strong with you know vitamin N mm-hmm. that it's it's knocking you over. Yeah,
3: I, I I see my future. I see enjoying a really nice Super Tuscan with this mm-hmm. and just bringing out some different pairing qualities and even like a really nice dark roast, like a nice. Rich coffee. This
0: would go great with coffee. Yeah, I I, I was thinking it. Anything was. broadleaf, <laughs> nice, anything San life. Andreas goes with coffee. <laughs> when you put San Andreas and broadleaf together, you got the coffee yeah. thing going. And to me, the 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 old forester here is bringing out a lot of those coffee notes, some of those cocoa notes from, especially from the San Andreas wrapper. Definitely making the cigar the the sweetness forward mm-hmm. a little bit. And so I'm really I'm really yeah. enjoying the pairing.
3: I mean, and Kurt, go, Kurt went down and actually did this testing and the blending of, of the the bourbon, like which barrel to pick and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I'll tell you, I mean, we know he has a good palate for tobacco, but, man, like his tequilas he's picked, the, the several bourbons that I've had that have been, your yeah, barrel picks, like, it's yep. some good stuff going yeah, on, man. Kurt has an incredible yeah.
0: palate, he's, and it's a very picky palate too, which is good. It's good for us. Which is good for us when you're, <laughs> you know, when when, you know, you're like – Pat and your tobacconist It kind of gets annoying But when you're like Kurt, and you want a business It's really good
1: Yeah Well when I get back I'm going to have to <laughs> Ship you guys uh, A can of Café du Monde's Chicory coffee To smoke with us Because that oh, will be Oh You mentioned coffee and It's yeah. like this is really good
2: mm-hmm.
3: God I've spent many Early morning If you will Late nights At Café du Monde Having a beignet and a <laughs> Yeah I mean they're 24 hours So it's anytime
1: <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm, You've had their coffee You know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about Right yeah. Yeah. Like I it's, yeah
3: Exactly what
1: you're talking about Yeah
0: Pat,
4: what do you think about the pairing? All joking aside, you do have a great palate. What do you, you I think it's really good. I mean, like, the, the old Forester has enough heat to kind of give you that sensation that's there, but it, it doesn't go down kind of like the throat to the chest. It's really just like kind of a heat on your palate. Yeah. And then there is kind of a very subtle kind of rugged earth to it, but it gets quickly kind of swept away from, like, that caramel sweetness we're talking about. Um, and then with the cigar, what I've noticed is it's on the retro hair, it's bringing out more of what I would presume is like that Nicaraguan broadleaf, like that kind of like more spice, it kind of mm-hmm. goes from that cake <clears throat> to more of a black pepper. And then sitting on the palate for the finish, I have like a really kind of creamy kind of earth because of the earth notes from the, the bourbon. So maybe I would say maybe it's the Honduran tobacco fillers coming out for the palate, but it's definitely a complementary pairing it's enhancing like the individual tobaccos and the cigars so uh, i would say this is probably the ideal pairing to have if you want a bourbon if you're trying the dbs nice
1: and remind me dan what's the it's old Forster it's a single barrel but it, what are the details about this particular whiskey
0: i don't have it, it literally just dropped so i don't okay. i don't have the details either um really i know good. that it's, it's a good. single it's barrel buy it <laughs> you know it's it's just it's good typically the the single barrels you know have a little bit more umph to them and um i think this has a little bit more of that caramel flavor than regular store bought old forcer does so i think in, in that kind of sweetness aspect it's got a, it's got richer flavors in that tendency
3: yeah i'd be interested to 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 find out from current what, what barrels it was aging, if there's anything different about the barrels they aged this in, because uh, there's some notes in there that are just
1: nice. And, and, I just thought about it, not not at all to sound pretentious. I am, but and in, it's instead of caramel, like it's almost specifically like a, like a creme brulee, like you get that yeah, like yeah, burnt yeah. sugar on top. Yes, and there's that. Yes, yum. that's yes.
3: Scratch the <laughs> caramel and put the creme brulee, which is one of my favorite desserts ever, by the way. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mm. think, you know, yeah, just like, up, I get it. Yeah. Rigging, yeah,
0: it's right on the money there. So we kind of mentioned it earlier in the show. This got released with another cigar at the same time, the Edge 20th anniversary. Um, you want to talk a little, hook that up a little bit? Yeah,
3: yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, he did it again. I mean, last... <laughs> <laughs> You know, last year with the stuff that, I mean, uh, we had the Disciple, we had uh, the 60, the white label. I mean, I just love them all. I'm like, sometimes I always feel like an idiot. I'm like, yeah, they're all great. You guys are going to be They're smoking really good. You know? yeah, that's right. Uh, say about just, everything. I it's love them, really and they're just, right they, they, they're just so good in different ways. And, and here we are again, and we have this DBS, which we're smoking. We've talked about it already. But that that Edge 20th anniversary, you know, Something uh, else, it's incredible. It's got a true Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, which, again— I've already said, fairly new in the industry, Uh, been around Rocky for a long time and all the other guys learning it like a sponge. But I didn't know that Ecuadorian Sumatra was something that was pretty much off the market for a long time because of black shank and blue mold. And, you know, I listened to what Rocky says about it, you know, regurgitate it. And he was able to get some farmers to to work on it and got a hold of it and aged it and fermented it. And here it is for the 20th anniversary of, of the Edge brand. Coming out, it's a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. It looks like a candy bar when you see it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the fillers, I, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. I mean, I, I enjoy Edge myself anyway. I, I, I was smoking Edge back in the day when I started smoking, you know, when, it, when I was introduced Same to this here. industry. Same here. Um, and, and you get spoiled in your own way thinking that, oh, God, we got this and we got that. And you're smoking all that. And you forget about Edge. And, man, every time I go back to smoke, I love the Habano, the Edge Habano, mm-hmm. the Edge Corojo, the original, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go back to those and, like, wow. So, I, you know, I wasn't sure. I really, I, I knew about it. I knew it was coming. I knew we work on the blends. Did some, some some of the test blends with Rocky. A couple of opportunities I had with the guys down in the office. And, But just wasn't really sure what the end result was going to be and and man what a home run um it's not you'll 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 know when you smoke it 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 respects the brand where it came from but it also brings forward where we've come to since then as a company as an industry the the tobaccos that we have our hands on now that maybe we didn't before and i mean we smoked it pat together and i'll tell you I mean that night we were <laughs> I kept going back to it. <laughs> yeah. Just, I think I smelled so, four of
4: them then. <laughs>
3: yeah. So I, I mean we're again just on behalf of, of Rocky and Nish and Nimish and all the other all guys in the office. I mean we're just we're really excited to, to be able to do the things that we do and produce these these blends and and give the consumers the opportunity to to see the end result of a lot of work that goes on. I mean we're already right now like Trying to work on things for the next great product that we come out with, and the next great blend, and you know, it it, it's always exciting. It Rocky comes in.
0: P.C.A. Into... without three more things. no nah, you know, I don't though. know.
3: I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, again, it being new. I mean, I'm with you guys. I hear it, you know, mm-hmm. but um we'll see. I mean, this year was a little bit different, and. You know i know when when you get the opportunity to get together with the guys and next thing you know the bag comes out and it's got the white bands on it with just this little weird code you don't know what it is it might have a one number one number two the number eight or whatever and Mm -hmm. next thing you know you're smoking it and what do you think which one do you like out of those and i love that part i mean of the process Uh, i wish i had the opportunity to do it on a more regular basis to really be a part of like all right we just smoked these six i like that one because of this that one because of that and Everywhere in between. And the other thing, too, Pat, with our conversation, I think is really important to, uh, to, for folks to hear is, like you asked Rocky a question. that I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody ask him that. Like, you, do, you, do you blend a cigar for you, for your profile, your palette, or you blend a cigar, you know, for what you think is going to sell? And uh, sitting next to Rocky when we, you asked him that question, <laughs> was, I, I mean, yes. like, before, <laughs> no, before Pat was even finished, it's like, oh, I, I would never, he's never going to blend a cigar because he thinks that's what people want they're gonna sell he's gonna blend something he thinks is really badass and hopefully everybody agrees with him and they can get what they want out of it he trusts his taste yeah like yeah yeah
1: like i think this is good of course everybody's gonna think this is good it's that sort of thing yeah
0: all right so mike it's been a while since we've had you on the show Mm -hmm. what the heck have you been up to How's your back? Oh God, my last time. Know, last time, I know. I think God. I don't even know how long it's been since the accident. Oh so, yeah, that the stuff. quick
3: recap. So yeah. basically, I you know I, recap, I was a police recap. officer for 32 years. Been friends with Rocky for a long time. Got probably half or more of that career. And the last few years of, of my career, you know, the word was out that I was looking to retire and, and end it. And Rocky's like, you're going to be my guy. Uh, come on. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I'm not a salesman doing my coffee, and I'm going to go work for the DOD. rest is history. But anyway, hey, Rick, anyway, um, I started, and... I only had several months doing this to try to get my feet under me and then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. So they, I mean, you might as well take out a year and a half, two years. And then literally at the end stuff started to open up and I started to get out there and, you know, doing my thing. And then I got in that car accident and I broke my back and that was like 10, 11 months that I was, you know, I was doing things. I mean, I was, I, you know, I, towards the end of that time period, I had, you know, I was getting rides from Sean and Kevin and drive mm-hmm. me around and mm-hmm. and helped me out. But um, yeah, I'm here now. I'm better. I started swinging the clubs again. So how can I actually l- talk to everybody right now and say like, oh yeah, I'm right back. Oh. I'm swinging the clubs, so
0: yeah,
1: I'm yeah. sore.
3: I'm stiff. I, I think I'm always going to be sore and stiff. I, I still have trouble putting my socks and shoes on. The kids make money to help me out once in a while when I'm really stiff. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. little sock sticks <laughs> Yeah, a little... <laughs> yeah I, I need to do more. I need to probably do a little more stretching, a little more on my end. But I appreciate you asking, and um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to, to next year. to really. I, I feel like for me, based on everything, and I've had some stuff, personal stuff you know I, we talked about it. i got a couple family members that have been sick that you yeah know, yeah, been, yeah. Been everybody with yeah that. a lot of us have had that. but uh i think 2023 is gonna i'm gonna count that as like my first year of starting off january 1st fresh and it's gonna be a complete smooth sailing through the end of the year and none of these crazy happenings which, you know let's hope yeah. <laughs> but i love it i mean i love it i'm, I'm so happy that um the decision was made to, to take the leap and do this because honestly this is like this was way out of my wheelhouse when I decided to to you know say yes and and do this it was way out of my wheelhouse and I had a lot of anxiety I didn't think that I was up for they all thought I was Rocky right. and Nish and all and Dave Bullock and Max and all those guys like oh you got this you got this I'm like ah, I'm selling like I don't know that's just not my thing you know but I'm I love people. I talk obviously you guys are probably right now saying just shut the hell up. I, I love to talk <laughs> I'm very passionate about what we do here and um sharing it with people and you can't go anywhere in the country quite frankly anywhere in the world and get dropped into a place like this and next you know you're amongst friends and you talk about yeah. things things that you're probably not even talking about with with your homeschool friends you know yeah yeah yeah. and, and one last thing just that you guys got me going sentimental a little bit but you know this i've been thinking about this podcast all all day because we're doing the pipes and doing the cigars and um I, I remember my my dad and my granddad aren't with us anymore. And um I remember like growing up and my dad and my granddad having their whiskey and water and smoking cigars at the kitchen table. Which is, I have pictures. I have like, cherish pictures. Just a couple I have that I recovered, you know. And then my grandfather like on Friday nights would sit in his chair and watch Friday night fights and smoke a pipe and I can just remember the smells just being beautiful. And all. I I just you remember it. it's like taking being taken back in time, the black and white fights on tv so it's really cool like to just be a part of this industry and yeah. like every time I, you guys got me into pipes honestly like it was almost like the thing that was like in my the back of my that mind all back, right it brought it brought it, all, it, all, all it was like back. it was there but it wasn't there yep. and then you guys started talking to me. i was like man like this is like my grandfather and i have his i have his his pipe bench or whatever because that little you know, pipe rack. the the pipe little end table that has the where you put the pipe in it has copper inside. You mm. can hang your pipes and everything. Like I, I didn't get a whole lot. We have a big family. I didn't get a whole lot of little mementos from my grandparents mm. who I was very close with when they passed. But I got that, and right. it's like cherished. I have that in my house. It's, mm-hmm. it's in my living room right now. I don't smoke in my living room, but it's there. I look at it every day. You know, oh, and should it's smoke just, your living room. Yeah. It's well, one of the great. I'm working on. I'm working. On, I'm working on pushing for a raise, and then I'm gonna maybe get my little smoking room done, on an addition and stuff like that. You guys can help me with that. I need put a I private don't mind doing that lounge. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I need. I need a little. I need what Sean has. I mean, you guys are gonna see it. This yeah, week. yeah. We're, we're the Lancero, Lancero lounge. lounge.
0: The Lancero Lounge. That's yeah. gonna be fun to be at.
3: But thanks for asking. I yeah, appreciate yeah. it.
0: So you know, making that adjustment and dealing with all the what's what's the thing that's been the most fun for you with this
3: god so with this job in general like the fun um god um i just think like Don't i mean say th-
0: driving around with rocky three no in the morning.
3: no i mean obviously we we were having fun before i was doing this um
0: <laughs> i just
3: it, i mean obviously it's it's so easy to get up in the morning and share something that you really believe in and and you're friends with the people that are putting all this stuff together so it, like that that's a box check but i just love doing this like i i can't believe that my job is to really travel throughout the territory, which is all of New England. I do upstate New York. I go yeah. all the way to Buffalo. I don't get into the city. Right. Um, but, you know, and just hang out with people like this. You know, men and women, like, it doesn't matter. We just hang out. We I love talking about the company. I love talking about what I've learned about the industry, which, you know, which I'm still learning, obviously, right. you know. And this is work. Like, work is actually coming and hanging out, smoking a cigar, enjoying something you yeah. love, you're passionate about. and And I love talking about... Let's not forget about how we get to do this. Like I, yeah. what I love to talk about, I've learned a lot with talking about with Rocky and Nish and Hamlet, which we we've been around a, a lot too, mm-hmm. about the sets of hands that that go to putting this cigar together, and and I love talking about the factories and the workers and all that goes into. You know, we go to a shop and we take a cigar out of a box and we take it out of the cellophane and we smoke it and we buy that box and we open it up and we get to see the finished product of all those people that got together. I mean, obviously, you know, Rocky and, every, and everybody has a big piece of it, but there's people that have to take what they've put together and make it happen, right? Like the seedlings and the plants and like you talked about the prime ends and the bunching and the rolling and draw testing and packaging and making sure they all look the same before you shut the box i mean i think that's so cool about this industry you know because yeah. we're we're sharing that whole experience right now that you know
0: let me let me ask you something else and if, if you need to take a second to, to think about this i'll ask pat to talk for a minute to give you okay. some time all right how do you think this transition from, you know, law enforcement to, you know, cigar salesman and all, everything that you've had to learn along the way? How do you think that's helped you grow as a person?
3: Hmm. That is a really deep question, Dan. How? I mean, I did a lot uh, of growing as a think, person. You, Thirty-two years working like, the streets. Do you do you think
0: <laughs> questions, do you, Dan? Yeah, do you, <laughs> do you think you're a better husband, father, for uh, friend now because of what you've learned in the industry?
3: Well, I, you know, it God, like I could get really deep with this, and there's a lot of things floating around in my mind. But I, you know, I think a, a general Kaz answer is to, sweat to that, thinking about what I might to that question <laughs> is, you know, you know, when you do the work that I did before. Mm. It's easy to get cynical, which I feel like I did a really good job of not mm-hmm. um, and really tried to look at the best and, and make a difference. I know, like I know when I hung up the cuffs or the badge or whatever and, and transitioned, like um, I know I made a difference. At, at I, d- I love her our... guys. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. No, those are still in those are still in, in action. <laughs> oh god, hopefully she doesn't click on this button. <laughs> Um, you know, it's it's really fulfilling to know that you've made a difference, and the work that I did was actually pretty, um, you know, important stuff. I did all yeah. the domestic violence, sexual assault, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So you know, you're making a real big difference in a lot of people's lives when you when you you know, responding to that stuff in a in a positive way. But I, I I think for me, it really opened up the opportunity to appreciate like people in a different way and on a different level like I I, I I just think the it's almost like the camaraderie with law enforcement like there's a yeah. lot of camaraderie man like totally. we you know and we still have it like we still get together I'm, we have the policeman's ball friday i can't wait i can't wait i'm gonna see a lot of people i haven't had the chance to break bread with and have a couple of cocktails and uh, in a while um but i think there's a definite camaraderie in the people that enjoy cigars and this and, and even the people in the industry you know so the owners and you know the managers and the national people and all that like when we get together with these big you know pca and all that kind of stuff but i guess it's that a fraternity. would fraternity yeah and i think that would be my i guess i could probably get so deep on it if i really processed it but i just think in general like just like enjoying being around people in this type of setting yeah. versus like the grind and getting up and they, you I, I mean you don't see the best parts of life yeah. a lot in the work that I did before. There's a lot of really good, sure fulfilling moments and happy sure moments and all is. that, yep. but there's a very major dark side, and honestly, like, like I get up in the morning, like and it's like I'm excited, <laughs> to. Go. I'm going to go to this shop and I'm going to see so-and-so, and, I'm, and I hope the regulars are there so I can talk to them, and we can talk about sports, and we can smoke cigars, I can talk about the new products, and I'm worrying about Corojo, Maduro, Torpedo, Churchill versus knives, guns, fentanyl, you know, all, all the crazy stuff that happened before so it's been an awesome transition i wouldn't change it for it's almost like i i almost feel like i almost feel like i was doing it longer i almost feel like somehow 10 years ago Rocky just said, get out of there you come with me right now and we're gonna figure this out you know
0: it took him a while to get you out yeah but he did yeah it's good so it's good but i wouldn't
3: take anything back i mean i, I really i mean it was a great career and and i again it, everybody takes the job as in law enforcement i, I know there's this is not the best time. I mean, we're going through a yeah. lot of stuff in this yep. country, world, anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everybody that puts the badge on and, and takes that oath is there to help people and make a difference in their community, and, you know, and it's it's very fulfilling if you if you do the things that you promise to do when you do that, you know? Yeah. And I did, yep. and so many others do. I mean, obviously, you could pick up things here that just didn't go well, and people probably didn't deserve to be doing the job, but... Oh. And, and, and I love I love that about our company because our company I wouldn't be here our company is very pro law enforcement fire, military, nurses, doctors teachers like we're very first responder that type of you know we, we make special signs we have lighters I mean rocky I mean honestly that's how I'm here like I, I, we would go to this festival with a group of guys from the police department. And we would hang out at his booth, and we just be, developed a friendship because they're so welcoming to law enforcement and treating us really good. Next thing you know, you get to know somebody at a different level that you wouldn't be able to otherwise, sure. and then you develop a friendship. And, um, and we go around, and we do a lot. I mean, I've seen Rocky at we've been at festivals and different things, and law enforcement guys come, and it's just a he lights up, you know. Firefighters show up, he lights up. Mil- any military guy, it's so it's kind of cool to. You know, and for all I know, every company's like that. I have no idea. I know our company. You know, I, I'm too busy figuring yeah, out this. They're, they're not what all I like need that. To do. Rocky
0: is a special guy yeah. in that way.
3: Yeah, and um, you know, we have a homegrown heroes line. You know, with with the signs and the different. You know, we have the Thin Blue Line lighter, and so it's really cool to be able to talk to. Like I do, I do like dinners and I do events, and there's always police, fire, military that come up and you talk, yeah. and it's like I make that connection with them too, right. and I'm able to actually truly say. My boss, our company, supports you a million percent. Like, we get it. We support you. Anything we can do for you. So, I don't know. It's kind of a little added thing. It's mean, it th- other... a good little added thing. Yeah. It's yeah. a good little
0: added thing. I'm glad yeah. you added it. It's good. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're just about at the end of the first half of the show. Okay. So, I want to get everybody's final thoughts on the DBS 60 here.
2: Dave, you want to uh, give us your thoughts on the cigar? Yeah. One of my favorite things about it that I get from it is like this... uh orange chocolate you know and i feel like that's it's really it kind of like got morphed more over to like a like a caramel or even to like uh um a molasses mm-hmm. because of the the pairing yep but yeah, it's, i agree it's, with that the, the 660 is definitely like one of the one of the best versions of oh, this is, cigar is camera <laughs> hey <TDS.
3: laughs>
0: pat what are your final thoughts we know what mics are it's smoking good Mm. i
3: love it
4: yeah i mean i'll kind of echo what i said in the beginning i mean i for whatever reason the 60 gauge just is the best one i mean you guys can give your opinion about it but i like, if you want to really, in my opinion, like, experience the DBS, like, you have to try the 60-gauge. And that's something I probably haven't said in the show once. No. To 60. That's very un-Pat to say. Mm-hmm. So, for Pat to say it,
1: take it seriously. Yeah, I was surprised when you told me we were doing the 60-gauge. I'm, I'm a Corona Lonsdale type of guy. As, a, as is Pat and myself. And, yeah. like... You showed me the gate, I'm like, okay, well, this is interesting. This is a first, and, uh, yeah, this is really good. Yeah, and you might
3: think it's going to be
1: like, oh, that's a big. It's going to blow me. I'm going to get sick.
3: No, <laughs> no, this is going to be right yeah, in the yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah.
4: talked about it, too, like, yeah. with that, like, bigger Vitola, you know, like, DBS, and you have both those Brawley binders, like, you have more of that tobacco in yeah. the cigar, so that could credit to why you kind of get more out of it right mm-hmm. you know like again that's probably a question for rocky yeah you know if it was here it would, why the 60 might have you know this kind of oomph to it that the toro and the busto don't but yeah i like this it's just it's insane like yeah, i got I, that I double broad loop
3: binder and like you know maybe some other 60s because the blend is the blend and when you when you're making the blend in a bigger gauge you know again i'm no i'm no expert I try to learn, and I'm like, I am like a sponge. So, like, maybe the blend has, like, a lot of Viso, a little bit of Seiko, and, and a little bit of hero, just to bring it up a little bit. And next thing you're going to make a 6x60. Six well, if you're going to make that bigger, you're going to put more Seiko, more Viso, and just a little bit more lahero, So maybe some blends might not even be stronger than what this is. But because this has a double broadleaf binder, and it has the Nicaraguan and the Pennsylvania, and then it has the, the Nicaraguan in, in the filler as well. It's not really going to drop dramatically, right? I mean, yeah, again, right. you probably know more than me, Pat. You've been through it. mean, well, a lot of the time. The only class I took was with Rocky and Nish, you know, teaching me all the stuff along the way.
4: <laughs> I mean, a lot of the time when you have, like, you know, like a Corona, like I usually smoke, like, those are usually the strongest cigars. Yeah, I mean, like I agree. Just usually, you know, a month ago on the show. We did aladino the mm-hmm. crow reserve number four like that's the fullest body strongest variant of that whole line and it's also you know the smallest version of it and you know that's why when i smoked this this morning i was like for whatever reason i just thought the 60 might bring something else out and it, it did and it was actually mm-hmm. surprisingly more fuller body than the other variants of it you know not that the other ones are bad at all you know no, like, not at all like I, i'm usually a toro smoker and the toros phenomenal like don't get me wrong at all but it just for my palette the 60 gauge just just gives it that extra polish to it that i look for personally and so. i
3: have to because you guys mentioned the smaller ring gauges and everything so i mean i love lanceros yeah. and you mentioned you love that sun grow yeah, yeah, i love it too we we, we don't make a lot of lanceros man. we make that sun maduro and a lancero it'll blow you away It's I, awesome. i love man. it i special yeah. a lot of those for myself to smoke mm-hmm. like a little note like I get a, a some like, a for me because <laughs> they're just so good. I was gonna say Trying one those.
4: question Rocky doesn't he blend into Corona when he's sampling blends or is that
3: um, you know what I, I wouldn't be the best person to ask I know we I know he has I, I've seen them but um, you know I've also um, tasted some you know the final five six blends that have been a robusto too so I, I don't really know that's really a question for him you know. I'm not around that enough to really say. Well, we've heard, uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit. We've heard him talk about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: I know he puts a whole lot of work in. I mean, down to the like wire where it's like, no, we need to figure this out. And it's like trying and switch in and add one more leaf of this and a little bit more of that and everything. I mean, he's, he's like, like ultra hands on, which is probably, again, I don't know other companies. It's probably like that with everybody, but I just know.
1: He's ultra hands-on. That's
0: good. That's good. What are your thoughts, Kaz? Final thoughts on this?
1: Frankly, I think it's a damn good cigar. I mean, it's it's really smooth. It's Mm -hmm. got a good, bold, rich flavor. But it's something that's really easygoing. Mm -hmm. I mean, full-bodied, full flavor. But the strength is what I would expect in something that's more along the lines of... So looking at this and with the flavor, I expect something that would be just like full strength. Right. And this, I put more medium, medium, medium. Yeah. Like this yeah, is like a medium plus. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite medium, full, but just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Medium quarters. Uh, or, or. Yeah. Strength wise. Yeah. No, flavor. It's, it's really, really good in a pleasing way. It, it's yeah. full and rich, but not, not overbearing. Right. Um, this is something that I think would pair just as well with, with this, uh, bourbon or a coffee. Or or anything that, that you're feeling like I could even see myself smoking this just as easily in the morning as in the evening. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's not something you find a lot of with more full-bodied, full-flavored cigars. You, you want about...
3: to hear a funny funny story real quick? So I was with Nish recently, and I like I don't know. Do we get do we get just like do we fall into this by accident where all of a sudden it's like oh in the morning time I smoke my cigars or you know before lunch this and that and and yeah. that's always been me and I, you know i i guess if i really look back i don't even know why it's because everybody else was saying smoke something milder than day. and i was with with Nish not too long ago and uh we were it was an early t- we were actually golfing getting ready to tee off and i was like oh i'm going to i'm going to smoke a vintage 99 nice mild. guy. he's like what do what's wrong with you like what do you do do you have espresso in the morning like i love coffee he's like yeah i like nice bold espresso in the like a nice you know, rich okay. coffee in the morning. Like, so why do you have to smoke something so mild Well, Why don't you get something to open up your palate and start your day and everything and it actually he's changed me. Like I start yeah. I started actually smoking like some nice zesty cigars in the morning and I'm enjoying it. See I'm that's how I am you know? and
1: that not to, to <laughs> jump ahead, that's how I was with pipe tobacco because I have found that with cigars I still I don't I don't smoke a lot of mild cigars, but I start milder in my preferences so I can increase in intensity throughout the day. Right. But with, which makes sense. But with yep. pipe tobacco, which you're dealing also with nicotine strength that that's more aligned with certain flavor and body profiles, my first pipe of the day is always my strongest tobacco because it, it, it gets you going. Like, if you build up, I find that the stronger nicotine levels, and I feel it would probably be the same with cigars, hit you harder later. But if you start, like, hit you over the head strength as far as, like, nicotine… Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can smoke whatever you want to the rest of the day yeah, and it's right yeah
0: that's right prime the pump get everything oh, yeah. ready, yep. set the bar high absolutely and i'm not
3: saying that i don't do mild cigars a day still sometimes but you know what i'm way more at like now open to like hey, i want to have ai mm-hmm. am gonna have a disciple this morning mm-hmm. <laughs> with my coffee right. and it's awesome yeah it gets yeah. you pumped. yeah yeah
0: it does mm-hmm. all right thanks nish so <laughs> at this point we're gonna we're gonna switch over to our pipe tobacco and that brings us can i just aspect. make
3: a note that every, every every single person's cigar on this panel is smoking exactly perfect mm-hmm. like, yes completely round, like perfect uh, all yeah. yeah. right that's it that's that's I'm gonna Yeah, stop. i'm gonna stop now people it's been i just awesome. want to give you a little end <laughs> yep at the very end of my time yeah. <laughs> i
0: i have to. I, i've been very impressed <laughs> i've I'm been very impressed very impressed with the cigar and so
3: i'm excited to try your tobacco right
0: now now uh we are going to smoke this. Bankside. GLP's Bankside. Uh, This is a brand new tobacco from uh, GLP's and I'll read you what it says on the tin here. Uh, From a bold, traditional canvas of red and bright Virginia's and genuine St. James Parikh emerge subtle, contrasting strokes of dark-fired Kentucky and Latakia tobaccos, originating exotic, smoky undertones that support and enrich its notes of sweet cream and citrusy tang in this modernist inter- reinterpretation of the archetypal Virginia Parique flake. And um Listen, way. I
3: didn't go to Harvard. I can't other even way. figure out this By Other way. Other oh.
0: way. The other way. You're getting there. You're getting there. You're getting there. I didn't there.
3: go to Harvard. What the? Can I use a torch on this thing or what? <laughs> Come on. all right uh, well, give me that number six. <laughs> I have mine I bought here by the way I have my pipe lighter over there I just it was far away all right this must be a
1: really fancy one
0: you want to give us a little bit of uh schooling on this here tobacco there Cassie
1: so this is uh, a very anticipated release uh GLps or uh Greg as he goes by um, he'll if you ever meet him in person he'll he'll tell you I'm Greg um, thank you he's been renowned for for his blends for years uh he started out at uh and sons a, a tobacconist in, in uh berkeley which uh was founded by i mean he's generational started over in london right and uh he branched out on his own as a um, a side job i think he was going through he had had hand surgeries he was in programming and stuff and so he had to take some time off and he started blending using the knowledge he had learned at this tobacconist and um, ever since then, like, his his stuff just took off. And it's been about a year since we've had a new release from him, maybe a little right. bit longer. And it uh, has been very well received. It's uh, a fantastic uh, Virginia Perique. But he's added just a little something extra there uh, with the Latakia Bell. If if you're a Virginia Parique smoker, don't let that scare you off.
0: That's a so small amount.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I won't at the risk of of making uh, Greg send me some angry emails later like i'm i'm not going to disclose <laughs> specifics but i'll tell you like we're in like single digit percentages here so don't like don't if if you're afraid of latakia don't be with this blend it's it's more or less just adds body and mm-hmm. that citrusy tang he's he's referencing yeah that's coming from red virginia but there's a little bit of it like almost um like orange peel or orange zest like, yeah like a bitter citrus mm-hmm. that's added by the latakia on top of the creaminess and the body that it brings mm. um it's a very rich very satisfying tobacco honestly and it being pressed in a flake right fermented in age even amps up that that creamy smooth body that comes with it i mean it's he's knocked it out of the park and excitingly so this is the first entry in a whole new uh line of his brand the the zeitgeist series
0: yeah yeah you want to talk a little bit about the whole pressing process that
1: goes on with this to make the flakes sure so people uh, who don't know yeah so when you press tobacco that'd be me (laughs) well you'll know about more about it than than i think you realize because pressing tobacco serves a very similar function to rolling you're you're taking pressure and even to a greater extent, if you box press a tobacco, it, it's it's further uh, pushing that forward. But when you press tobacco under under pressure, we're you, talking
0: tons too.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I, and honestly, I wish I had been more prepped. I know exactly the the PSI that Cornell and Dewey no uses when they manufacture for this stuff. But you're you're pushing out oxygen. You're you're making all of the oils and the sugars in the leaf come to the surface. So on the, the superficial effect is you're getting a melding of flavor of all the different constituent tobaccos. So instead of picking out individual, like, oh, that's this and that's this and that's this and it being disjointed, you take all of these flavor profiles and elements and you've made it one homogenous flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, then on the more technical side, the, the weeks it spends under pressure, you cause a, a fermentation. Which um, uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this. It's not dissimilar to what is done with cigar tobacco with uh, pilones. Like... Yeah, pylones, I was yeah. going to ask That's you correct. if
3: it's like pilones. I was just going to ask you. Yes, I don't want to interrupt you, you. You
1: have a natural pilone.
3: Pilones. Pantalones.
0: Pantalones. Are pantomimes? No, pantalones. Pantalones. But you get a
1: fermentation which brings a a smoothness as far as the the mouthfeel. And the flavor—it takes off any rough edges that you get from the tobacco. It, it brings that richness. It brings a sweetness, like a, a natural sweetness, and it brings a depth and almost a, a fruity character. Um,
3: I get—I'm like absolutely tasting like a tangerine or something. And, was, and that's from which is really nice. That's Pleasant. from the
1: red Virginias that that he um, he uses in this blend. And then I think it's further amplified by just by the latakia. Just—I mean, it is a hair's breadth of, of Latakia. It's not really impacting flavor, but it's bringing that... Do you ever get like a, an orange rind or something yeah, from Latakia? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it's this bitter citrus, but not like the flesh, more like the peel. Yeah. And um, it, it's further amplified by pressing. So you get that mellowing, that deepening. And then um, instead of just leaving it cut into plugs, like it's cut to flakes so it's easy to, to prep. And as a flake, it burns slower and yields a richer flavor than say like a ribbon cut tobacco which is what i think most people especially those who aren't intimately familiar with pipe smoking or may have seen it but haven't actually done it they assume pipe tobacco is all this loose cut tobacco Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a very old technique that originated with uh the the english you know it it would take them three months to cross the atlantic to the colonies and back so tobacco would dry out you press it it holds its moisture And um, then they found much more uh, added benefit to to doing that with flavor and smokability. And so whether or not it was meant for traveling or not, like pressing tobacco and flakes, plugs, that became a preference for a lot of people.
3: Pleasant.
2: Mm -hmm. Dave, what are you picking up from this? I'm definitely getting a lot of tangerine. Definitely um, uh, a nice spice. Mm -hmm. I don't know if i'd call it baking spice i wouldn't so do you think there's like
3: a half decent amount of folks that are listening to this or watching this right now that are more cigar than pipe and learn like that's me totally like again I, this is a whole journey for me i'm learning yeah, every yeah. time i talk to you guys when i do my calls with you guys for me like a couple of questions Ooh. that i would have just about smoking pipes and pipe tobacco in general this is going to sound crazy like you guys are going to laugh at me everybody's going to be making comments but my my stem my mouthpiece is going straight out and i notice you well you, you are a little bit you know but you guys have these like tall hooks is there a difference almost like a torpedo versus a tour or a 60 is there a difference in smoking out of a pipe that comes up and hooks out versus one that's more kind of straight out can I, can yeah take please it, I, that's probably if it's a stupid question say that's no, kinda stupid. It's, no, no, it's, it's
1: not out. stupid at all. So like I, I feel like you're in the right box. Just not quite the right corner. Uh when with a bend it's more comfortability. Like if you're a clincher, a lot of guys who clinch prefer uh, a, a steeper bend because of gravity. So yeah, Like yeah. the the, yeah, the center out, of gravity I, is yeah. yeah. I'm an outlier. I, I clinch like being Crosby. Like I prefer a straight because I like like I balance at my teeth. Yeah. But a lot of guys who clinch like are, are fully closing their teeth at that center of gravity pulling straight down instead of out it doesn't change
3: the flavor profile too much no
1: but one thing that will though is is chamber proportion so um the the conventional wisdom is if a bowl is uh shallow but the chamber is wide those are are better for englishes or or Mm. blends that have many different varieties because you have them all burning simultaneously Whereas narrow chambers are better for like Virginia flakes or things like that because you get a concentration of flavor. Um, <clears throat> so chamber can impact flavor, especially like if you're dealing with just a normal chamber or what they call a conical chamber, Ooh. which will, will further focus as you burn down and with intensity. Like as you're smoking a cigar, you know, you have the, the, the first third, the second third, and the last third. And that last third is, is where, you know, all that tobacco has had all of the other smoke flowing through it. So it affects that flavor. So a conical Mm -hmm. chamber works in a similar fashion. It's focusing in. But uh, a bend isn't going to impact it as much. It's more of a either aesthetic or uh, personal preference or comfortability. Comfortability is the practical side. But but if I'm being honest, aesthetics went out with that. Um, As someone who sells pipes all day, every day, like that's what I do. um, It is not hyperbolic to say that uh, bent pipes outsell straight pipes like for every so yours
3: outsells this the, yours outsells this by far
1: oh yeah like I, for every straight pipe i sell i've sold three bents wow. and and but that's not boiling down to like whether or not they're a clincher like guys like the silhouette of a bent pipe like it's yeah. there's just something well, that's what you see when you see the that silhouette yeah
0: yeah
3: the other thing i was going to ask is like the, the tobacco itself so i what would be the difference between from seedling, you know, like, so let's just forget about the seedling. It's growing. But from when you harvest it mm-hmm. to the point where it gets into a can or into a bag where you're putting it in a pipe, what's the difference between like cigar tobacco, which like, you know, you always, we do our probably, it all, it's in the pylons and it gets fermented. All the impurities get fermented out of it. It's only water. Like There's nothing unnatural at all. It's just water gets sprayed on it and it, it goes to the temperature change and all that. And it goes in mm-hmm. to the to, the cigar. Like, so, is there any differences with because uh, like much the flavor is crazy? Like the flavor is like mm-hmm. so different, rich, and it's just yeah. different flavors. It's, yeah. it's way different than there's not cigar as much tobacco. as you would
1: think. Um, so the first thing that that impacts, and for the sake of, of brevity, and to not like put all of our our uh, listeners and viewers asleep. So they're not <laughs> all they're not they're not all
3: uh, pipe tobacco one on ones like me. I'm sorry, so, people. So for the, I'm here for the one percent. Yeah. So cigar
1: tobacco tobacco is, and and correct me if if there's anything wrong here. Like I, I, love cigars. I, I um, know a fair bit about cigar tobacco, but pipe tobacco is is my area of expertise. So correct me if I say anything wrong here, but cigar tobacco is varied in flavor, but that is impacted by the region it's grown, soil, and or as as wine connoisseurs would call the terroir or the um how long it's fermented like that's that's what dictates you know how you get maduro oscuro like things like that uh with pipe tobacco you have a wider varying like a wider spectrum of flavor because all cigar tobacco with limited exception is air cured there are myriad curing methods for for pipe tobacco so in this particular blend, which uh, the base is made of Virginia tobacco, which is synonymous with flu curing. So they, they cut the tobacco, um, specifically red Virginia, that's going to be the upper primings. Um, they, they've got more sunlight, a little bit less uh, sugar, but a, a richer body, fuller flavor. Uh, when they cut those, those leaves, they're hung in a curing barn that is flu cured. Meaning it is it's dried with indirect heat. It's not left to air dry. Mm. There is hot air pumped through this, so it's not like smoke Way or fire, yeah. but it is hot air, so that rapid curing, that rapid heat preserves sugar in the leaf. Air curing sugars degrade and they go away. So that's why there's. We're that trying natural to take sweetness. them out. You are
3: trying to keep them in and and enrich yeah. them. and yeah.
1: So you you have that first. That's the foundation. Uh, there's bright Virginias which are lower on the stock. They're they're not as cooked. So if in cigar terms, like they're they're not going to be ugly leaves. These would be comparable, close to being like wrapper quality because they're not like hit by the elements so much. Right. Um, they're cured at a higher temperature at a faster rate, which makes them sweeter, brighter. Um, and there's a little bit of that in here as well to kind of bring balance to the Virginias. Then with the Parique, that is partially air cured, and it only comes from St. James Parish, Louisiana. It's the only place in the in the world where this tobacco is grown. It's an old Choctaw and Cherokee form. Of, we of need, need doing... to go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they they cut the tobacco. It's partially air cured, and then it is packed under several tons of pressure into like bourbon barrels, but they haven't been used. It's not to impart flavor, but they're under immense pressure for about a year. They're fermented and because they're still moisture in, in them, bourbon barrels in, in so and they're very similar
3: to like we're having a nice whiskey here yeah, but and it's it under, picks up some of the flavors but it's
1: continuous pressure it's under like jack screws so it's it's almost um and they've actually proven this a lot of the flavor compounds you get from perique are identical to the flavor compounds you find in red wine so it's, it's a fermentation process that then they break it out and it's oily and dark and pungent and it's it's kind of crazy and it's mm. so powerful you you very rarely find more than 10% of a blend because yeah. it can just, and then with the Latakia, that's a, a Turkish or Oriental form of tobacco, which starts its life out as being sun cured, which is halfway between air cure and um, flu, flu. cure because you have a rapid curing, but because the, the soil there is so nutrient deficient, there's not a lot of rain. The leaves are actually like really small. Once they're air cured or sun cured, excuse me, they're put in a barn and they're fire cured and smoked for months so it's a really pungent smoky campfire over like hardwoods like pine and things like that mm-hmm. um and that's why i was talking about usually it dominates a blend as little as like five to ten percent that's all you or i wouldn't say all but it's very apparent that it's in the blend and that just speaks to greg's like blending prowess to be able to utilize it to get those those orange rind and creamy notes without impacting this incredibly dominant smoky flavor uh, yeah so that's why you get uh, like different flavors the complexity is, is amazing yeah there's, there's so the many different curing on. methods and then when you bring all these different tobaccos that have been cured in so many different ways and meld them under pressure with a flake you get something really special yeah
0: yeah now let me ask you, you a question um it's it's on this tin i've seen it uh, you know on a lot of tins coming out where it's and it's not just Parikh you're saying, it's genuine St. James Parikh. Like, it's a point mm-hmm. of saying genuine St. James Parikh. What is that? What
1: are you trying to, what, is that, what does that mean? Genuine? There's a the reason why you add that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, around the late 90s, I think actually 1999, but I, just in case I'm wrong, late 90s, <laughs> the, the single source in the world that had always been the source for Parikh, like since the 18th century, um was down to just very few barrels they, they were about three was about to go away completely and it's known as the truffle of tobaccos. it's expensive it's very expensive it's rare and it's unique because of the the soil and how it's cured um, <clears throat> to to save it that operation continued but it was... Supplemented with tobacco grown in similar, although not identical, regions of the United States, uh, uh, Green River, Kentucky tobacco, mm-hmm. things like that. Tobaccos that were very, very similar were then transferred to Louisiana, St. James Parish. For anybody who's unfamiliar, Louisiana does not have counties; they have parishes. So, Lafourche. Yeah. So, like for for the sake of let's like, say, like St. James County, like this this little area. Um, and they were fermented and, and gone. They went through the same treatment as the tobacco grown locally, which was no longer enough to really supply at that time, right. the world supply. And uh, once they were fermented, a blender would take tobacco from these other sources that had gone through the exact same treatment curing process, although from different locations, and blend it with genuine St. James Paris. To develop a very, very similar, although not identical, flavor profile, and it uh, was eventually given the given the moniker uh, Acadian Perique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for about two decades, it is it, it was not only reasonable; it was a almost guaranteed assumption that anything advertising Perique as its uh, as a blending component contained Acadia Perique, which was a blend. Um, in the past year or so, our head blender up. Jeremy Reeves at Cornell and Deal um, made a, 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 a developed a friendship or relationship with a uh, family farm in St. James Parish. That all they they do is they grow St. James Creek in in St. James, Louisiana. And through that friendship, he spent he, he took several trips, spent a lot of time with them, planting seeds, harvesting curing pressing like going through the entire process and because of that we're i'm 99 percent sure forgive me if i'm wrong but i i would i'm pretty much entirely sure we're the only current manufacturers of pipe tobacco in the world that use exclusive st james and all of our blends uh which is something that has not been seen in decades
3: have the hurricanes that have hit you know, in the last five, six years really affected the crop and it, everything? It does. We, we, we deal with that.
1: Yeah, and it, I'll, I'll loop right around to that. Um, so not only do, do we have a single source for our perique, and not only is it St. James, but like Jeremy goes down and he hand-selects barrels, like individually, many of which he may have planted or helped ferment. So like it's a very hands-on, it's a it's a partnership. Um, as far as uh, hurricanes, so that, that not only are you dealing with you know, you're, you're fermenting a, a product that's not fully cured, and it's an organic product, so it hasn't fully air cured. It's still got those natural um, juices and, and, and liquids in the leaf when it goes into the barrel. It's a very wet, oily tobacco, um, which, you know, if, if all it takes is one spore, that entire barrel is gone. And a barrel's 500 pounds, and you're talking about a very limited growing region. Um, but if you have a, a hurricane come through that destroys your crop like you wow. have scarcity, so a it's it's not an exaggeration to say 500 pounds of freak which is a barrel can cost 10 20 30 times what 500 pounds of any other tobacco no matter how rare or aged right. it is because it is so high risk it is so labor intensive and so yeah like if if a hurricane comes through and bowls through uh louisiana like
3: like happens yeah, yeah more like, often I'm, than we want that
1: that, that <laughs> Presents issues, and that's why it was endangered. It, it's not; mm. it is not um, unfair to say that you know there was a time there that pruit could have completely disappeared. In fact, some manufacturers tried to um, kind of synthesize that flavor because they were anticipating not ever being able to get more back in those wow. in those days in the nineties.
3: And you guys have it in this. it's just yeah. very very flavorful. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it.
1: We we use we use top tier components, and then you know Greg is a a renowned blender. So it's it is a fantastic blend and like it's it's worth noting Dave, but hand that drink to Mike. It's hard to um it's hard to be surprised at this point because like I mean how long had you said that you've been smoking Greg's stuff
0: since about 2000, 1999, yeah. 2000.
1: So we're looking at 22 years and yeah. like pipe tobacco isn't like and, and I hate to use this analogy, but, like, cigarette smokers, like, they have brand loyalty. Like, they're only going to smoke the same thing forever. But pipe tobacco, like, pipe smokers are going to smoke a little bit of everything. Right. And to have that kind of loyalty to this blender and these components and, like, that, to me, speaks to the quality of these blends and the and the final yeah. product.
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, I know my questions are very 101. And, like, you guys said, like, people are probably like, what the heck? But, on it, like, maybe there was, like, like a lot of... People that were just cigar smokers like were listening to the first half and everything. And I'm honestly like, you can do both. Don't be afraid to do well, both. This like this, I'm enjoying it. I always I love having do. Both of
0: you, on. Yeah. You know, Cavs is a, is a pipe guy who he enjoys cigars. You're a cigar guy who enjoys pipes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's 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 not like you have to choose. There, it's just if you enjoy tobacco. You'll enjoy a pipe. If you enjoy pipes. a pipe. You'll enjoy a cigar, and, and it's just—it's very different flavors on both sides.
1: And totally a, different. Another thing that I, I think you'd appreciate—you being a, a former uh, a police officer—the this family farm has been that, that does the pareek. They've been in um, operation, you know, generations. But the the name of the farm is Thirty One Farms, and that is actually it derives its name from um, the father's. Badge number when he was a police no officer, way. his badge number was thirty one. So yeah. yeah, like that. I mean, it all ties in. There's, um, it, it, we're just very fortunate we were able, and Jeremy was able to make that relationship and That's be so hands on. Yeah.
0: So, how did, how did this new blend come about? Well, what what brought, what inspired Greg to come up with a new series? He hasn't done that in a long, long time.
1: Greg, so. Way before I worked with uh, Lodesian, before I was selling his stuff uh, to to brick and mortar retailers uh, across the country, um, I was a pipe smoker. Like I took the job because I was a pipe smoker, and I wanted to work for a company that was an industry leader. And and if there were pipe smokers working for this company, it wasn't just like a, a a business. Like these people cared about the industry as a whole, not only just like their own uh, what they were doing. Uh, but way back I was smoking Greg stuff and I just happened to befriend him on social media wow. and we had conversations and I'd tell him what, like, what blends I liked, um, before he came out with the Virginia cream, mm. like I was fortunate enough. He sent me a prototype to get like feedback and stuff. So it was really cool. So like we, we have a, a friendship, um, but I asked him, I said, I really, it was, it was Meridian of the old London series. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a sleeper. Um, it is a fantastic English, by the way, but I was smoking. It's like, this is good. Not, not saying that like every blend of his I'd smoked, I enjoy, but like, this was like honed in on, on my taste at the time. And you know, what could you recommend that you make that that's similar? And he said, um, nothing. (laughs) And I said, okay. And he said, I try my best not to repeat myself. So, like, when he makes a blend, it's because he's inspired, or like he he sees a whole, not maybe in his catalog, or maybe in just like the current offerings across any brands. Like, hey, like there's this profile here that's just not mm-hmm. filled, and he wants to, to shoot for that. And um, he—I mean that—that's—that's that's what brought this about—is that mm. he he saw something missing, and he wanted to to shoot for it, and. He had this concept, and then he started having other concepts. And he's like, no, this isn't something that, that's a new blend that I can just plug into my current lines. Like, there's a new line to be had here, and this is the first entry of the Zeitgeist. Okay. And uh, so I'm really excited. This is phenomenal. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see what else he has
4: in the works.
0: Pat, what are you picking up from this, uh, tobacco?
4: So I think one of the unique things about it that I appreciate is it has, like, a spicy flavor but it's not like a sensational spice mm-hmm. so you have kind of like a, a don't like,
0: like a... the DBS
4: well yeah but I mean the DBS and the retro definitely mm. had like that stimulating sensation mm-hmm. but this one has that kind of pepper texture but it's not that kind of like sting mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. right and then on the palate you're getting you know there's that little bit of that citrus peel and then you're getting really resting palate to me it's more of like a figs and like that kind of baker spice but it's really kind of a creamy like sourdough type textured smoke and then that finish just has like you know like stone fruit and just figs and a little bit of cinnamon there so it's definitely a really complex tobacco and then again like the fact that it has that spice to it as a flavor but not like a sensation it's like really like when you get like a spicy sensation i think that that sometimes can kind of take away from the complexity of the tobacco just because you have that you know kind of some people would say invasive again like i look for spice when i'm smoking but you know that sensation it just kind of diverts your attention more so to that kind of sensation opposed to like the the nuance of the the tobacco so just the fact that it's not Sensationally spicy. That makes sense. I don't know. Cavs don't no. think I'm crazy. So but. <laughs> tell me, tell
1: me if you get any of this. I understand exactly what you're saying. So a combination of that citrusiness and that nondescript spice that's subtle and not—it's not peppery on the palate, but it's stimulating. Yes. Do you not get, while not overt, like an illusion of like ginger?
4: Yes. Yeah, so you know what that would be yeah. A good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a spoken, spoken like ginger. a true
1: ginger. I mean, <laughs> I can't help it. I mean, looking so forward to everything. Am I com- We're just that awesome. Like, am I completely
3: crazy to and seriously just say, dude, you probably ate something on the way here, to you know that put that on your tongue? But I feel like I almost, I taste some kind of almost like a faint licorice or something.
1: No, I. Or is it I absinthe?
3: Could, be- could it be like an absinthe like, taste? Yeah, or- like uh,
1: so, so. Uh, Absinthe gets a lot of its flavor from from anise, which is a licorice yeah, yeah. flavor, like an anisette type thing. Is that here, mm-hmm. or am no, I just like more no, on I think it's me. a combination of some of that that citrusiness from the Virginias, but also you have that that creamy effect and that spice from the latticcia. And then, can I see that? Hold on, one second. Dark fired. Yes. Sorry. That's something I knew was in there, but I didn't know if that was the. <laughs> so I wanted to check. Yeah, you don't want to give the secrets so, up. So there, there is a little bit. Just a, I mean, we're talking a little bit of Dart Fire Kentucky, which is a fire-cured tobacco, but it's not like Latakia. It starts out as an air-cured, uh, similar to like a burley pipe tobacco, but it's. It's not cured as long over smoke like Latakia, and it's cured over American hardwoods like oak, mesquite. So yeah. Latakia is more like a campfire aroma, whereas Kentucky is more like barbecue. Uh, but, and you smoke a lot of Kentucky, so tell me if you think I'm full of it or if you agree. You almost get a little bit of, of an anisette or licorice quality. I taste it. I like it. It's yeah, so yeah. subtle. It's like, <laughs> as soon so as you said subtle. it, I was like, you
0: know, I, he's right. I never would have. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big licorice guy. Mm. So I never would have looked for that as mm-hmm. as an expression of what I was tasting. But it does. It fits. I so totally I get that.
4: I have a question I've meant to ask Kaz, but I always forget to when I'm with him and I want to do it on a podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so when it comes to like premium cigars, Are you like when, <laughs> when
1: I'm not going quiner... to tell you what cologne I use. <laughs> <laughs> so when
4: you know when someone's blending a cigar you know they they rely on fuma is you know they take one of the leaves they roll it they smoke you get the characteristics of that tobacco and then they'll see what that pairs with so when it comes to the pipe tobacco again like there's stuff mm-hmm. in this pipe tobacco that we don't even know what's in it you know what i mean but mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different components in there mm-hmm. so it seems to me that it's not as simple as having kind of a fuma type situation like having you know one of the components and smoking it alone and seeing how it's going to go with you know whatever like systematic mm-hmm. portions they're doing in a pipeline so how do you <clears throat> break it down individually and then plan how to blend it to the complete product so i can't speak to greg's
1: process i know that he has a process i know it's very in- involved and i know that it's it's uh, informed from his i mean literally decades of experience um but i will tell you that So I've got two answers to that question. Uh, When components are purchased by Jeremy for for Cornell, who manufactures um, GLPs, GLPs, he samples the raw components without any. So pipe tobacco can go through a a myriad of, of processes, like individual components, not the final product. I mean, anything from what they call stoving, which is essentially baking to steaming to i mean there's all sorts of things and then some don't go through any of that at all or you may have the same component in a single blend that has gone through like some that's gone through this process some that's gone through i mean you get added complexity there but when it comes in like jeremy smokes these completely raw like whole leaf they get cut up and he smokes them and he he selects the the vintage the location, he, he goes through all of that. And then once he picks what he feels is the absolute. So there's two gates, the best product and the one that is in line with our quality standards as far as flavor profile So this one may be like the sweetest Virginia, but that doesn't mean it's the best, if that makes sense. Right. It does. Um, so once he sets the, you know, these are our blending components this is what we're going to buy for the next year or whatever. This is what we're going to commit to stock. And then let's say Greg goes, hey, I have an idea for a blend. We will send him the components that we stock because he has confidence that we're using the best stuff that's that's available. Um, with a let, Let's say that this exact blend of tobaccos, you were intimately familiar with the different components. Like you had smoked straight Kentucky and Perique and latakia and virginia and i took the the raw components and they were cut up in ribbons and i blended it right here right now and you loaded the pipe you would be able to to pretty easily pick out those different flavors um it's like cigars like after they're rolled they have to rest right and and meld um if you have a ribbon cut blend that's set for a few weeks even then they start to get more homogenized uh, months, okay, now you're dealing with, with one flavor profile. But then you add something to that with the pressing, which makes it right off the bat, all these tobaccos start fermenting together. It becomes increasingly difficult, and that's not out of secrecy, that's to attain a goal. So not only do you have the time here that they these tobaccos have married together like you would with a cigar, but they've been under immense pressure for a period of time to achieve a particular flavor goal and that's one thing so when when greg does a press tobacco versus a ribbon like he can age them himself at home but if he's shooting for a flake like he'll get what he feels is and he's got a good palate he he can estimate pretty well how things <laughs> will age yeah uh but
0: right. Colin, we're just saying good
2: <laughs> like it's not like he's okay i mean yeah
0: good yeah, plus yeah, okay you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I don't mean to ramble good here, good but like once he gets like he feels plus, a plus. good base
1: blend, then he will contact Cornell and Deal, he'll contact Jeremy and he goes, Hey, these are the proportions, these are the exact weights, press it for X amount of time, do I this to taste it, it. and then send it mm-hmm. to me and then and, and you know, he's been doing this for years, so he has a pretty good idea, like it's not as, as trawl and, and error as as many people would think. I'm an amateur blender at home. I built my own home press, and I have a cutter and stuff. And, you know, it takes a lot. It's like being a cigar blender. Like, it's not something that you learn overnight.
3: It sounds very similar, too, because, like, the same thing will happen with Rocky. And then he'll be like, no, 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 no. We need a little Mm Molahero. We need the sixth priming of the Seiko. Like, he switches things around. Do that and send it to me. And let me try that. And that's how that's that's how it's we come out with DBS. Yeah. Like yep. It takes a lot of tri- turns, a lot of tries, and yeah, a of try- you get it perfect.
1: Because a tobacco <clears throat> blend that is great, like fresh, or in in a pipe tobacco setting, like loose ribbon, when pressed, I mean, I've I've blended at home when I first started with Law I was working at Cordell, and I did a lot of blending and stuff like that. You can have dramatic changes in just a week of pressure, like amazing yeah so it's it's just as much art as it is science
0: yeah now if we're talking about like events for the year probably by by far best event we did all year was the rocky patel you know this spring month-long thing um Number of people ended up coming with us to a Red Sox game. No, We had some fun. We had, we had, <laughs> fun. We had a little bit of fun with that. We, we, you know, <laughs> we drank a came, lot of bourbon. We came very close to getting kicked out of uh, Fenway. Oh, we didn't get kicked out? Uh, <laughs> that was an escort, then. They, that's what they call it an escort. Is that what, did they, did uh, they? No, no, they, no, they we didn't get kicked out. am joking. I'm that's joking. why you brought the ex cop fighting. with you, right? So yeah. you guys would. Yeah, well, you know, know. know I, I I lit up with
2: Rocky. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Solidarity. We were in
0: the suite at Fenway Park
2: smoking cigars.
0: Yeah, we got yelled
2: at. What was that? that? Uh, We got an administration fee. We got an administration fee. We got an administration (laughs) fee. It was above my pay grade, so I'm not sure who paid it. (laughs) Yeah. But as far as,
0: you know, when it comes to the other side of things, when it comes to pipes and and tobaccos, the Savinelli Christmas event, which we just had, again, for like the, the third or fourth time, uh this past Saturday that's the big pipe event of the year and it was it was amazing uh and I, I thought we'd kind of deconstruct that a little bit share a little bit about what Are we you here on. for that
1: oh yeah oh, cool. yeah that, and that was great and speaking of blending like that was one of the events that we did yeah is I mean yeah like I I curate a trunk bring product you know exciting product new product rare product along with some some bread and butter items and guys get excited about that. They get to, to pick out new pipes and things That's like nice. that, some some special pieces. But um, the thing I love about what Dan does and, and the guys at Twins is they, they make their pipe clubs and they make their trunk shows events like it is an experience. And um, we were talking about, you know, what's the theme to do this year, what, what to do. And uh, Dan came up with the idea of, hey, let's <laughs> – let's have them blend their own blends Love and you that. can judge it. And so I said, "Okay, what what components do you stock?" And he gave me a list and I said, "You're you're missing one there. You don't have Dark Fire Kentucky, which he smokes straight often." Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I don't have that." So we sent that. So we after they, you know, got to look at the pipes and they had their coffee and and their uh whiskey pairings and um you know, everything's on theme, so, like, the food and everything is is set to match the theme. Um, and everybody's sitting around. How many people ended up showing up? It was over 20, right? Oh, yeah. It was 25 or 30. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. That stayed for that. So, they, they all, like, after they socialized and, you know, had their, their ketchup after about an hour or two,
4: mm-hmm.
1: we had bowls along the table of individual blending components. So, we had bright Virginia, red Virginia.
3: Like a chef.
1: Yeah, I, so mean, right yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, so Sporty Jeremy, sport, the head blender yeah. for Cornell and Deal, has a culinary background. The <laughs>
0: part though. of Julia Child is <laughs> Kaz
1: Walters. No, not not quite, but. and <laughs> Okay, baby, baby. <laughs> but still, it's all we can get. <laughs> uh, you're lucky to have me, Dan. Yes, very. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so, like, all these varietals, like, you know, Turkish tobaccos, Latakia, Parit, like, all of them and the guys who wanted to participate and uh to submit a blend for the competition were given um those components and a dish to blend in and they were given 30 minutes to concoct a blend to their taste and i told them that you know as the judge i'm not going to judge based on my personal taste it's going to be on the quality of the blend like how well is this constructed like Mm -hmm. because everybody's taste is subjective so how long would you say it took we ended up having 14 entries so i had little little sample corn cob pipes it took me That's about cool. an hour maybe yeah yeah and like taking breaks cuz you'll i mean you you've tried cigar samples and stuff you burn out your your palate doing that so like yeah. taking it slow like taking breaks um who supplied the the cookies the
0: uh dave's
1: uh my girlfriend she made them she yeah. made cookies? cookies so first Ooh, where uh, first, are they I
2: got, I got oh uh, just set those oh, aside right. that was, yeah <laughs> so I'll those were one. delicious and i have been eating on them throughout
1: the entire club but like as i was eating it's like this is the perfect palate cleanser so <laughs> so we blend, i was eating them and then like i'd drink water and i'd rest a little bit and um, the guys did really well. So we had a, we, we did a first place and a second place award, and we brought prizes for that. But we ended up, I mean, honestly, there wasn't a bad blend in the bunch, but we ended up having like four that it was difficult. So I ended up doing honorable two honorable mentions as well. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I, I, I don't feel like it's unfair to say it was a lot of fun for them. Mm-hmm uh based on the feedback that we got and how they they interacted and it was a lot of fun for me because you know we're reps we we travel around we see a bunch of shops and we love all of our accounts and all of the pipe clubs and meeting the people and uh, that's another point that that i share with you and i'll loop around because i don't want to jump off subject but i share with you for a minute but there's something special about what they do here Mm-hmm. and how they make it such an event and like so anticipate like it's so anticipated that not only are your pipe guys excited your customers but i did an event here with jeremy reeves in august and i've been looking forward to this event before i left in <laughs> Cause, august like because you knew what you were in for my, my <laughs> twins visits are like the highlight of my calendar i love it and um thank you no i mean thank you guys like you guys are so engaged and and like it's it's so great and it's such such a special spot for both cigar and pipe smokers i love to hear
3: that you like you do that too because it just you're making me you're bringing me back to like the conversations i've had with rocky and everything like what we do like we do factory tours and and any like retailers come but also like we bring consumers with us Mm -hmm. come to our factory come to our home see what we do see the process blend your own cigar so we do the same type of thing at our factory tours where, you know, consumers get to sit there and, and pick tobaccos from all over the world and make their own blend. And actually, it's interesting because we just came out with our Edge 20th anniversary cigar we talked about in the yep. first segment. Yep. And and you were there when Rocky was talking about that. Uh, Gary Moore is a rep that we have from Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. And Gary was on a factory tour, and he did a blend very early on. He did a blend. And... That ended up being our Edge, our original Edge. Like, he took a part in that. It was great. Everybody smoked mm-hmm. it. Rocky smoked this great, fine-tuned a little bit, obviously, like, did mm-hmm. some things to it. But that core blend that he had ended up being our release, which 20 years later, we come up with the 20th anniversary. And that, that blend, I mean, like we talked about yeah. Edge, is strong. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great, you know, blend, the different cigars with the different wrappers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think and that's the beautiful that's, about this tobacco in general cigars pipes whatever it's tobacco a unifier in and yeah. an
1: equalizer like it doesn't matter what station you are in life or, mm-hmm. or like it, it brings everybody together even i was telling him like you'll you'll talk with people in lounges and stuff religiously politically like whatever you may have absolutely nothing in common with them but you're bros mm-hmm. because you've bonded over this this i love, love that about this industry exactly yeah, and too. and um like you were talking about that like i had a similar experience like that that's what made me like really fall in love with Cornell and deal is not only did I already smoke products that come out of the factory, but not long after working there, like I had made a a personal blend and I I shared it with Jeremy, the head blender. And like, I was nervous. Like, is he going to just rip this apart? And he loved it. And it ended up part of the catalog. Like that blend is sold today. Cool. And that, that further, like it, it ties me to the brand and it gives me, you know what I mean? And so like, you're talking about that with the edge, like, it's it's that collaboration and that that fraternity with people like really yeah. really ties it together so i but, have
4: one question I, I finish your point
1: well one thing you were saying that um you you're you're still like learning and and going around from shop to shop and like this is work um like i don't feel like i work at all because I like i get paid no, to no, hang out with guys a, who like tobacco so as you were saying that's it, a
3: hard it, word to say cuz like
1: oh god it's not when when you were going I didn't want to derail you and interrupt you so I just made a mental note like when it was my turn like no that's my experience too (laughs) like I don't work like I get paid to do what I love are you married? Uh, no.
3: no. So uh, I'll, I'll just tell you, like, that's the hottest part. Po- so you asked me, the transition, the hottest part of the transition is, like, my wife, like, before I would be go to work, oh, I got a stakeout. We're doing a warrant. I'm doing this, this investigation, this interview. Like, now it's like, yeah, I'm going to work. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to get top. Like, See you later. <laughs> I, honestly, like, probably the hottest transition uh, from my previous life to this life is, like, when I go to work like we're having fun We're I'm like to hang hang out. Out with friends. And, and it's kind, yeah. it's sometimes it gets a little bit hard in your personal life because it's like you know my my wife's at home like with the kids and school and practice and competitions and all this kind of crazy stuff it's like oh sorry hon, i going to go to i gotta go to work tomorrow i gotta like what's your work uh, yeah you're gonna go hang out and have some bourbon smoke a cigar you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's probably the hottest part of the transition and thank god like my wife gets it.
0: Yeah, She's yeah. cool
3: with it. But, you know, every and once in a while, it's you. like, you know what? Dude, for, you've been gone for the last couple of weeks a lot, and your work was like doing this event and that event with Rocky and this, and you went to the game, you did this, you played golf. Like, it's just different, you yeah. know? But that's this industry. This industry is about people enjoying something we all love together, mm-hmm. enjoying life, enjoying company, and tobacco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. You can't beat it. I think it's it's mm-hmm. awesome. And I'm, I'm so privileged to be a part of it, you know?
4: I feel the same. Yeah. So, sorry, what was your question? Yeah, so, I asked a similar question to Rocky when I was with him for the Edge release, so I'll kind of change the terms of it for you. So, I know a lot of ITZY does Smoking Pipes, right? You guys have, like, an online retail Well, I type? mean,
1: we're, we're part of the – that's, like, our sister company. So, okay. like, uh, Smoking Pipes is, is a retail uh, website, but – But it's
4: one of the avenues you guys have for product essentially yes
1: i mean like i i rep savinelli Pearson, cornell deal GLPs, that sort of thing and like i supply them just like i supply other like brick and mortar retailers All right, so then yeah so but th- yeah
4: this question is applicable so obviously with like the current trend that like online sales is kind of the pinnacle of everything you have amazon you have like mm-hmm. you know you know just different online retailers mm-hmm. you know so what is the difference between like a B&M versus an online retailer? Like what are the benefits of having that kind of hands-on experience at a B&M opposed to the convenience of an online retailer? Especially when it comes to something like smoking pipes. Like not the website, but actually like doing the experience of smoking a pipe. Barring any...
1: Oh, I may get in trouble for saying this. <laughs> Barring any... We're live, by the way, just so you know you can't... (laughs) Here, let me have another sip of bourbon. (laughs) Barring any um, major industry upsets, like, you know, there was the FDA stuff and things like that. I feel the future for brick and mortars is the brightest it has been. So, Agreed. You... You have the and i'm not i'm not gonna lie here you have convenience with online shopping i order stuff from amazon i order stuff from websites all the time i buy clothes online like that that's just what you do but when i buy things online it is opposed to going to a major like instead of going to i don't know
3: uh, nordstrom macy's whatever.
1: whatever like like you're you're talking not little difference you're going from one corporation to another when you go to a brick and mortar you're not going to buy a product you're going to get an experience like when i go and i buy it's like going to your bar or your your club yes. or if, your you if know, i go an and I, so like. i i like to cook and 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 things like that like if, if i'm going to buy specific ingredients or stuff for for my kitchen or if i'm going to buy a specific like a suit Or even getting a haircut or a a cigar okay i'm not going online because with those products convenience isn't a factor not saying that going to a brick and mortar isn't convenient what i'm saying is that that's not a commodity in the sense that i'm just trying to get it i want expertise i want somebody that i can trust and I'll do you even one even better from personal experience. Before I got into this industry, I was a, a graduate gemologist. I, I appraised jewelry for insurance, estates, uh, things like that. And I worked for an independent jewelry store that had been in business for seventy plus years. People came to Kays. us.
3: K's jewels No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I had to. Sorry, that's the humor in me. Cat begins with K. But... <laughs> But that's the difference, like, they came to us because, like, we,
1: we were their guys. We were independent experts. We were in it for the love. We weren't, like, a, and, and I'm not disparaging that there's a place for all these different things, but, like, we weren't, like, a mall store. Right. Like, it, it wasn't, like, if you talk to someone at, at our business, you were talking to someone who was in the industry and knew, like, intimately what they were talking about or had uh, an, an education in the subject, whereas – you go to one of these like corporation where you like you're getting someone who applied for a job and had like a week's worth of training you know what i'm saying when you come to twins i mean you're a certified retail tobacconist certified sommelier tobacconist um you're crt same as dan Yeah, yeah okay so you're you're getting education you're getting experience you're getting knowledge wasn't
3: that it i mean it's like listen not there's nothing against like i i buy stuff online too and i I always have but there's nothing better than going into a brick and mortar and asking and getting that personal like hey i like this this is the flavor i like this what do you have that meets what i need it's that personal touch yeah, yeah it's all part of the experience yeah. you know i think kaz hit
0: it on the head when he so said uh, and i
1: yeah. i was talking to the the director of of uh my company who bent she's not a pipe smoker she doesn't she's not uh, into tobacco she relies on on us for for the product but it's like her strength is is leading the division, like having the best interests of her people and the products and like the consumers easily. Yes. And easily the, the best boss I've ever had in my life. Um, and one thing that she said, like, I was trying to articulate this in, in a meeting with the reps and, um, she articulated it very well. It's like, you know, you can door dash anything. Mm-hmm, your favorite idea. food from your favorite restaurant. And you can do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're getting the same product. But sometimes you want the experience of eating in that nice restaurant.
3: What about if you go to your favorite restaurant and they're like, like... – the the waiter comes over and is like, oh, the chef made a really nice you can't get dish. That He's through got like app. truffle yeah. oil on it, and this like it's like, and she's like, oh, it's that's it's... gonna fit your profile. You like that. I know, Mister LaRuva, mm-hmm. you like this, but you should try this dish. Yeah. That the chef is. You're did. not like, going yeah. to
1: a brick and mortar for a commodity, right? You're going for a, a complete package, mm-hmm. and I think that to answer your question, with long way Reddit, I think that is the difference, and that is why brick and mortar businesses, from what I'm seeing, like new accounts opening up and stuff, they're not going anywhere. And honestly, to some extent with the, uh, and I'm not saying this in any way as a, as a negative or in a denigrating way, but with the, the millennial and Gen Z like culture of, you know, some people want to say hipster or whatever, but no, they want that attention to detail. They want yeah. that something special. They want to feel a pot of it. From what I see. Yeah. From what I see brick and mortars, I see no reason to say, as long as they're getting that service, they're the future. Like that that's how it's going right and you know not saying that you know online retail is here to stay it's not going anywhere don't misunderstand well it's important
3: me. in its own way too
1: yeah because right? a lo- there are many guys who don't live within driving distance of a decent brick and mortar like that there is there is a need i get the direct there messages on instagram right.
3: and i have i have like followers that will message me and say oh the edge 20th came out the dbs came out can i get it like they're in the middle like in the mm-hmm. midwest
1: like there's nowhere for them to go mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So yeah, hey. By the way, you can get it here. We have it here. But
1: they're important. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, not. I'm not. Absolutely. I'm not. You know, disparaging. They complement each other company. perfect. They yeah. complement each
3: other perfect. There's
1: a need for both, and without neither can exist without the other in today's world.
3: Right. Yeah. I guess. But driving... don't not go to your local brick and mortar and and get a relationship with them and ask them about new things coming out yeah. and tell them what you like and what you don't like and let them guide you you know
1: and not just with cigars and pipe tobacco support small business like what? that's that's important
4: so i think one of the points i'm trying to drive to just based on the conversation of rocky is again like rocky you know in the late 90s was basically living in his car going mm. to different bnms and promoting his brand building his name he was becoming... selling
3: boxes out of his trunk to pay for the gas tickets to the next place he was going. yeah so backed so
4: and then i asked rocky a question again it was late at night and you know yeah. <laughs> but,
3: yeah, well you know you know and and
4: he you know he i would think relied heavily on b&ms because they're the ones that kind of took him yeah. in they pushed his product to educate the consumer mm-hmm. so the way that i look at the adversity that rocky went through with that is kind of like pipe smokers in the sense of like it's a really minute percentage of mm-hmm. premium tobacco smokers and to me like if you go and i'm not discrediting wholesalers online at all again like there's a place for it in the industry and mm-hmm. nothing against it but you know what i look at when it comes to you know rocky promoting a new brand or pipe smoking is like if you i guess making new smokers you know letting people into that experience you know and so when it comes to pipe smoking you know if i'm a new pipe smoker and i want to try it if i buy everything i want online you know, I'm going to have that one experience where I can't like the thing properly. I can't pack it properly. I just throw it out, mm-hmm. you know. And again, to Rocky's point, his experience, like, he was visiting and making these personal connections with these B&Ms, and then, you know, he left that lasting impression on them, and then they then, you know, took Rocky in, and they were, you know, selling his product yeah. to where, in your case, you, you, you know, you have, like, a place like Twins, and I'm sure there's many other places like us that kind of, you know, do what we do, but, you know, when you leave here it's not that you know kaz isn't here today you know come back in six months and he'll be here to teach you the pipe like we take that responsibility and dan's done an excellent job building new pipe smokers through these pipe clubs and through his you know daily interactions where he takes kind of the principles that you leave behind and then he then furthers those with those like point of contact consumers where to me like a wholesaler doesn't have the ability to do that i mean i know there's some wholesalers that have that little text chain that pops up on the corner of your it's computer. And it's like, yeah, so you know? I mean,
1: smoking pipes is is a really well executed like retail yeah. site. But that being said, it, it's it's limited by the the medium of, of the internet. Uh, I would argue that I wouldn't argue. I, I think it's it's pretty verifiable. Pipe smoking has been going through a renaissance for probably the last five, ten, six years, ten to twelve years. Wow. Um, and I I came in on the early wave of that unintentionally. Like I didn't know another pipe smoker. I didn't like. I just fell into it and I fell in love with it.
3: Well, think about what we do. I mean, first thing what's, I ever did in my life was a pipe. You go around. You visit accounts. And I'm like, yeah, it's with the retails. Like people like Dan and Kurt and Pat and Dave. Everybody. We we build those relationships. But I think like the richness of what we do is sitting down in the lounge at the bar or whatever and we're talking to consumers and we're, we're spreading the word about what we do as a company as an industry and those are the relationships i think i want that if i step out of my role as a as a rep that i'm you know doing my territory if i step out of that when i'm in the lounge like i want to meet the guy that's connected to the guy mm-hmm. i want to hear the stories about how you make your cigars and what you put into them and all that stuff like Mm-hmm, yeah. That we already talked about, like that you can't substitute that. You no, can't click a button and get that. You need. Like, what's that's really great, special but...
1: is the the fans of our products in this industry are really privileged in the sense that they can do that. Like, what other hobby do they get to meet the either the the like Rocky Patel or right. Jeremy Reeves who mm-hmm. was here in August? Like, how many people are just like really into a, a hobby or an interest that they get to meet? The, the the leaders of it or or the creators of of the product Jeez. that they desire like it's it's and i even
3: think us because like like listen we're nobody when it comes to the big picture it oh, yeah. probably sounds bad but we're just you know, mm. but we're here representing and we're spreading the word it's and okay we're making the connections with those consumers that are you know, in the lounge and we're smoking our pipe and we're talking about the tobacco, we're smoking a cigar, we're talking about tobacco and the blend and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think there's any substitution for that. There isn't. Um,
1: there really isn't. No. That's it's-
3: what builds this, this industry. And like, like I mentioned earlier, like you drop anywhere in the world into a cigar lounge, you know, smoking pipes, smoking cigars. You're with friends. It, you know you're you're a part of that you're There's that a culture you, built around yeah you're yeah. a part of that yeah. group it's just like the law enforcement a camaraderie you're a part of that mm-hmm. and and it's not exclusive
1: because like i said you can basically not have anything else in common but that is a unifier and an equalizer yeah. like yeah. and it, it's amazing because um without without uh breaking any confidentiality with accounts or anything like you know i'm in this lounge I haven't met a single person that I, that I haven't just loved. Like I love it here, but I've been in accounts in like Manhattan off of wall street. And like, there's a guy sitting across from me in that lounge who makes more than my annual salary, more than my house is worth on a his day. wrist.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and outside of, and we had a great conversation. Like I made a friend and like for hours we talked, we had drinks at the bar after like, it was great. But if it wasn't for our love of cigars and pipe tobacco, we would have had nothing to talk right. about. we we lived in different universes mm-hmm. but that brought us together and that's what i love about this it is that you. it it is it, it brings people together who otherwise just wouldn't have had an opportunity to talk
4: it's not even that but like when like you have an event in this industry like mm-hmm. when you have a principal person like rocky patel going to an event like you can like sit with them and have a drink with them you know mm-hmm. like so many other industries where you have like a principal person it's like you have to get like on a waiting list and you have to go wait in a line to see mm-hmm. them but it's like when you like in this industry when someone's there like they're here to talk to the consumer like you don't have to go over a bridge yep. to see mm-hmm. them it's like you, they're there you know you can sit have a cigar with them talk to them and like, I, I haven't seen any other industry where you can have that really... Personal...
3: Mr. Bush is isn't coming in here and drinking a Budweiser with <laughs> no. us, right? You know, yeah,
4: right? you know, and it, it's mm-hmm. like I think that's one yeah. of the unique things. <laughs> and again, like, kind of echoing my point, like, the B&M is, like, you, you can have those experiences. You know, like, again, like, Twins, we have Rocky once a year come here, and it's like... I know with my experience with the Rocky event, you know, we had the White Label, the 60, and the Disciple come out, and it, it was really... Just interesting to see that you had people walking in the umidor that don't typically smoke rockies and then since we have that display up you know rocky patel was there mike was there you know they wanted to try and then ever since that point you know these customers come in and they're rocky guys now you know and it's because you know people really in my at least what i think people really appreciate seeing somebody from their company come in and have that personal experience and talk to them you know I like tell they, them
1: they, why their product is, is special and how it's different like not i mean taste vary like you may prefer this brand or this brand or or this brand but finding out why you like the brand you like right. like what makes that unique
3: well I'm feeling feeling a part of the family too i mean like you like i mean rocky back in the day like you said dan selling cigars out of the truck of his car you said it too like yep. traveling around and he did that yep. he still travels 300 plus days a year and i think to get the chance to be around him and you know he's a face of the company he's a blender he's everything that we talked about you feel like you're a part of the family when you when you meet him you know
1: and it's mutual like the guys who meet him probably feel just as lucky as rocky does to meet right them that's the way he is they love yes. what he makes yeah. and it's even like and that's how jeremy is like yeah,
4: and that's what i was going to say is like jeremy the first time he was in new england was here you know over mm-hmm. the summer and in august Mm -hmm. and you know like again i've never met jeremy reeves before but like he is such a genuine guy you know down to earth yeah and he has like this really Mm -hmm. successful company he's a a completely like mad scientist blender and he's just another guy Mm -hmm. you know like yeah you can sit with him and you would never know that he's jeremy reeves behind Cornell and deal
3: i mean think about the the event we had this past summer so we gave away some things we went to The Red Sox game, but you know, part of that was we also took a couple of consumers down to Naples. We went to Burn. We went to our warehouse. We we did, and we ended up at Rocket. Like, like, how many other industries can you have a consumer who was here? He's a Twins guy. He's here smoking cigars, smoking pipes, whatever, enjoying enjoying what we enjoy, and then snap forward a month later. He's at Rocky's house till three of the morning smoking blends that nobody else smoked, having drinks, out in his boat. Like I just love that it's about this deep, industry. Yeah. And that's why know?
4: it's like the the true equalizer because if you didn't know who Rocky Patel was, you would never tell he owns the brand you're smoking. Right. Like Jeremy Reeves, like guy walks in. Same thing, right? You know, denim on denim, you know, he's just another guy. <laughs> and you sit with them and you're smoking you know a pipe, and you would never know that he's the mastermind behind the blend you're smoking, yeah. because mm-hmm. no, one, no one holds themselves higher than anyone else in the right. industry. We had
3: that trip, and, and, and I'll tell you right now, Rocky <laughs> several times asked go me, do those guys have fun? Did they enjoy themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, like, he's like concerned about these yeah. consumers from twins that came to his house, yeah. his office. You know we're on his boat uh, he's like did they have a good time did they, they enjoy themselves so they're like where do you get that in any other, any other you do and don't, the, that was the thing know?
1: like so we we uh raffled off those signed tins yes of, of jeremy's and um i'll never forget it was probably about a year maybe two years ago COVID destroys the, the memory yes. as far as like yes. when did this happen but like the first time, like Jeremy had somebody ask him to sign a tin of tobacco, like he almost didn't want to do it because he didn't. It's like, why would you want me to sign your? Well, right. you blended it, and like it's still <laughs> to this day. It's like, hey, can you sign this? This is gonna be the the raffle item that the prize at, at the Twins event. He goes, yeah, I'll sign it. Like it's kind of I mean, weird, and, but I'll sign it. <laughs> but but he's like, who am I? Like and yeah. so that that sort of humble like. Yeah, I mean, if it's what they want, sure. Like, yeah. but but he's he, there's no like ego. Like, there's yeah. no, you know what I mean. And and you don't see that anywhere yeah. else. <laughs>
0: he's
2: too
1: busy for ego. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's our final thoughts
0: here on the uh, GLP's bank side?
2: I would say
3: it's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You've pleasant. been enjoying it's it pleasant. the whole time. It's You've pleasant. been
0: sipping on that like it's a fine nice. bourbon. Mm-hmm. Very nice.
2: Mm-hmm. All three of them.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's probably nice to you now. I can't <laughs> wait for my tins to
3: come to my house so I can enjoy this later on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pat finished his. He's gone back to the cigar. I'm close. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm just about done with mine. Mm-hmm. Just a great tobacco. I, I haven't. I, Gop's is is just one of the. Greg Pease is one of these dudes. I, I don't think he can do anything wrong. I uh, Every tobacco is, you may not, it may not be your preferred thing, but you can, you know, it's, you know, it's really good. It's well-constructed. I have, I have my favorites in here and he has got what, 40 something blends out there, maybe more than that. More than that. You know, and it's, it's ridiculous. But no two are alike. Yeah, no two are alike. And, you know, like Cumberland, everybody knows is one of my favorites. That was one of his first two. I have a tin on me now. I've had a tin on me for the last twenty-something years. It's it's just one of those tobaccos that I just really keep coming back to. Yeah,
1: it's it's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I'm a Kentucky smoker too. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. so you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, hmm. So we've gone we've gone way over. This has been great. <laughs> this but this this, is, a this bit. was great. Great. Thank you to your
3: listeners for for putting up with my uh, Mike livervia 101. Pipe a questions.
1: And show. yeah, yeah like, like, I'm a rambler, so I, I'm just hoping apologies. that
3: some cigar people that were on this now maybe open up their minds to yes. enjoying a pipe and a pipe tobacco. It's no, beautiful. Really our stream good. of consciousness, yeah. Like, <laughs> just coming out. I'm back to the Friday night fights with my grandfather and the smells. Mm. And great,
0: uh, next week it's basically our Christmas episode, it's yeah. gonna be the, the 20th. Oh, and oh, we, oh. We're gonna have another guest with us next week, uh, Lee Graves who's the uh, latest, newest uh, Christoph rep Mm -hmm. uh, for us. Good guy. Mm -hmm. Yes, he is a very good guy. I like him a lot. And we're going to be smoking something very special. Christoph blended a cigar for Twins' 25th anniversary. Wow. And it is going to be here with him, and we're
1: going to smoke that on the show for our Christmas. What's the date of that? That is
0: the 20th.
1: Nice. Are you going to be in Red Santa? I mean, Dan? i I'm <laughs> <laughs> mm.
4: but I'm, I'm, ho 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 that's the um the last day of my final saw so five years he'll be, for that episode yeah. he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be Krampus
2: yeah
0: yeah uh, so um o- over the weekend you know I i right after the pipe show I uh, was up here and helping out at the bar and clearing some uh, uh ashtrays and bringing and, and there was a bunch of guys sitting right where we're doing the podcast and I had worn a a red button shirt and a bow tie and wearing my, my green hat here. And I I look like Santa Claus. I look like father Christmas. And one of them, one of them said, Hey, thanks Santa. And uh, can I have some water? And, and I uh, brought him, brought him his water back. And I said, ho, 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 there you go. Just, just like that. You know, just trying to be, and for whatever reason, probably because they were well lubricated, they thought that was the most hilarious thing. And they actually gave me a twenty dollar tip for the water. No way. Because of because of how I like <laughs> took it and owned it. And yeah, yeah. You know, well, there I mean, with
1: inflation, reindeer feed can't be cheap. No,
0: no, no. All right. So be with us next week. Wait, uh, Dan. What? Sean
4: wants us to pick the raffle winner before we we um go off. Oh, we're doing a raffle. Yeah, we're raffling a Rocky ashtray with the promo we did tonight for the nice. DBS. Oh, okay. So what's the,
0: uh, what's the, uh... who's got the tickets? He's, uh,
4: Sean's getting them right oh, now. Sean's Wait,
3: getting is the somebody tickets here? Down. Is somebody here in the in the shop's going to get it? Yep. So why don't we give him something else?
4: What do you think?
3: I don't know. Why don't we give him a DBS since we did a DBS today?
0: Why don't we give him a pipe?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so whoever, whoever, whoever wins this raffle, so they get a DBS I think a, a, I think a sixty gauge would fit into a, a pipe chamber. Yeah. Like, we'll, like smoke it, of smoke of it like pipe. that. Like, yeah. so gonna I want to get a like, rocky, but you're pet, getting a pipe. Fuck Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Is a sixty
3: gauge? I I I'm not a sixty guy like you. I enjoyed it fully. Very nice. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be full transparency. I haven't had a sixty yet. This is my first sixty-two. Yeah. I've been smoking robusto Toro. I haven't had a sixty yeah.
4: yet. Would you put yeah. the sixty above the Robusot Toro?
3: I, I I like the sixty. I think that's where mm-hmm. I would go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that I was yeah. the same way. I I usually stay in the high forties as a ring gauge. Right. Yeah. And I'm surprised I, was, I wasn't even saying it. Yeah. But yes, I'm it a zero really guy. Yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to Rocky about. All right. This. Yeah. Dave yeah. Hold, hold the uh
0: box high for Mike and let him pick that.
3: All right. Oh, by the way, so whoever wins this gets this too. What am I what am I doing? Picking a winner?
0: Picking one. Just All one.
3: Right. It's going to be Michael Hunt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, am I, is that okay on a podcast? No, it's not okay. It's not him, no. It's Igor, which is equally as interesting. <laughs> yeah, there he is right Igor. there. Igor. Are you Igor? Igor. Congratulations, buddy. You win. Give him the cigar, too. Put that on my tab.
0: <laughs> Congrats, Excellent. man. Excellent. Rocky, Mattel, Astrea, and a... a DBS 20, 60. Yeah, DBS 60. That's a $23 cigar yes. right there. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm
3: probably going to get in trouble for that. Uh, but, no, you but, won't. No, no. Nah, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if
0: Rocky gives you anything, you you come to me, and I'll, I'll set him straight. All right. Be with us here next week at uh, 8 o'clock. We're going to have our... Twins 20th Anniversary Cigar from Kristoff with Lee Graves. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for being with us. Thanks Thank for you. being on the show, Mike. Thanks Kaz. for having me. Thanks Thank you, for Thanks everybody. Thank you, Mike. Kaz is up here from North Carolina.
3: Kaz I'm the, the Carolina. man. South the South Carolina. Carolina.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm that far away. Oh. Um, <laughs> see from the Alright, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
3: Merry Christmas.
0: You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun. Of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke.
4: Rolling with the top down,